Hello, what's up there, Kiss Army? This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. When I'm not texting insults back and forth with Tom and Zeus, and I need a little something to pick me up, I turn on and turn up the Shout It Out Loud cast because I can't sleep at night without knowing how Paul Stanley came up with those clever lyrics to Love Gun. Now, crank it up. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because it's time for another bonus episode. Episode 12. We are calling this one, Hey You, Stop Making Fun of Stuart and His Winger T-Shirt. That shirt is fly, yai, yai, yai. Tommy, Zeus, how are you? Oh, man, wonderful. Sunday morning with uh, my two besties talking about Winger. Woohoo! Party. We have been teasing about this episode somewhat coming on. And I don't know if it's been kind of playing it coy. I don't know. I am very curious as to see how we uh, rank this album. Uh, it's going it, to, I have no idea. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Me too. Me too. And before we, before we proceed, let's do what we always forget to do. <laughs> And, and and that is to thank our good friend Tony from Restrain for the killer guitar intro there. Tony, thank you. Uh, we made a, We try to make a note to remember to thank you, and we usually forget, but this time we didn't. Uh, we're, you know why? Because we're amazed he ever did it, you know, because that boy ain't got no ambition. Oh, so <laughs> let, me, let me say why Sonny said that. So before we started, I was remarking to Sonny that I talked with Tony the other night, and... We were talking about something about guitar, and I told them about something I really love was George Lynch's playing on Kiss of Death. Just did an impromptu video of him playing it and sent it to me. I'm like, holy fuck. It was awesome. God damn it. He's talented. He's so talented. And Sonny's like, oh, yeah, he's wicked talented. He's just got no ambition. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> That's not very nice. Come on, now, man. I will say. I know we're all friends, but I did order his deluxe package for their new CD, uh, God of War. I call it a CD. You guys call it whatever the fuck you want. But I ordered it. It comes with a shirt. They autograph it, lyrics, all sorts of fun stuff in there. It it's just came out. You can find some of the videos out there and on YouTube and stuff. But pick up uh, his CD, his album. Support your local musicians, and uh, you'll really like it. And for us, uh, I, I'm a fan, and so I think if you go to, I think it's, is it Restrain.com, Sonny? Yeah, yeah. And it's R-E-S-T-R-A-Y-N-E-D. Um, I think I think Tony thinks that's how the word's really spelt. That's why the <laughs> band is named that way. <laughs> Perhaps. No, no. He went to private school. He knows how it's spelled, I think. <laughs> Well, Ugh. check them out, Restrained, and uh, go support Tony and the band. So, anyways, go ahead. Well, no, now it's time to talk about 
Winger. But before we do that, what do we got to get? What do we got to do before we talk about Winger? Take a dump? I don't know what. We could do that. We could do that. <laughs> I, I can bring you did about five minutes ago in your pants. Well, I can bring the microphone into the bathroom. It's not far from where I'm recording. We could do that. Yeah. He, he, he disappears for five minutes, then makes up this story about his bank being open on Sundays or some shit. But uh, really, he took a dump. No, I didn't. No, first of all, banks are banks aren't physically open on Sundays, but their customer service is open seven days a week. You should know that. Come on now. Yeah. yeah. Good. Anyway, let's have a ripping discussion on the banking business during our bonus episode. Well, you were ripping something out in your chair about five minutes before we started recording that sounded like the ripper. Well, she needs competition, so I'm here. <laughs> oh, you got to do is pose in scantily clad leather outfits, hold up shitty albums, and look like you drop an ass. Uh, well, for, when we do the promo for this episode, I'm going to hold up the Winger album. And just, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. State of emergency. <laughs> All right. We are very mature here. So I know. I know. It's, it's early on a Sunday morning. It's even earlier for our friend Sonny. He's out on the West Coast, so. Oh, yeah, but I had gelato this morning, so I'm good. Oh, Jesus Christ, gelato. <laughs> Stop. Stop. All right. So last time uh, we did the album review review, we hit the 10-episode mark. We described all the albums. We ranked all the albums. We ranked all the songs, and we got a shitload of feedback, good and bad. Um. Tom, do you want to start or you want me to start or uh, Sonny with emails? Which one would you like? I'll, I'll go. I got I got some Twitter stuff and then I have a, a really okay. nice uh, Facebook DM we can I want to read too. So so some Twitter feedback from Twisted Kister. He says, uh, super unknown being so low is amazing. For me, out of these, it would be an easy top five, probably top three behind Appetite for Destruction and Blizzard of Oz. Woo. All right. Uncle Pauly said, I was so happy to see this as I'm sitting at Denver International Airport waiting to fly to Houston at four o'clock in the morning. Looking forward to a bonus episode based on bonus episodes. Thanks, gents. <laughs> um, I love it louder. Also said the same thing. Was pumped to see this on the feed this morning. Uh, Corey Tavis, big fan of the show. She said, I just listened. Appreciate you mentioning me and my boyfriend. This is my favorite podcast. Love that Sonny joined you for this. Um, and then up oh, speaking of our buddy, Tony, he says, I just got done listening to this episode. And as usual, I keep thinking, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? <laughs> oh boy. And then our buddy, Steve, why were we, apparently we were talking about leather wolf during the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause I had that album called yeah. to the wild. I think was one of their songs. Ugh, Cause Steve says leather wolf are amazing. This is total fucking nerd heaven. The more lists, the better, says I. And no, I don't like grunge. That's why they're at the bottom of my list. All right. So that, that's some Twitter feedback. And then we got a really nice um, Facebook DM that I want to read before I pass off to you guys. This is from Craig Moran. Uh, he said, hey, guys, love your podcast. I'm currently listening to bonus episode 11, the bonus album review review. I'm loving the discussion of the biggest discrepancies between you three. The chemistry is awesome and hilarious. Uh, I meant to write earlier to comment on your Jar of Flies episode. AIC is my favorite of the Seattle scene. I've been a fan since I got facelift on cassette. I love Jerry Cantrell's solo albums. Jar of Flies is my second favorite AIC album. 
One of my strongest memories of this album is listening to it on repeat at a college road trip party to Virginia Tech. The next day, we woke up to find out that Kurt Cobain had killed himself. The album itself, it's an amazing showcase of their vocal harmonies. I wish Lane and Jerry still had decades left to write and play music together. Thanks for the hours of entertainment. I'm a little scared to hear what the next bonus album review will be. P.S. Sunny is insane. Like Suicide is an amazing song. Oh, good Lord. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. So that's some All stuff right. I got on my end. So on our uh, Facebook, uh, Nicholas Buckland put the uh, image of the guy in math, like confused, the gift of that guy, like oh, yep, numbers yep. floating by, like what the fuck? Stephen Wood, I know six of them intimately. Getting there with Bon Jovi. As much as I love to form my own list, I need a lot more time with Slide It In, OU812, and Jar of Flies. That's mm-hmm. a like real weird selection of albums that you don't know. Yeah, because yeah. like I get I get the grunge, maybe you're not into that. Yeah, but OU812 is pretty popular, and Slide It In was too as well. And mm-hmm. it's three different you're, timelines. Yeah, and you're right. familiar with like Bon Jovi. Yeah. You know, the other ones uh, we did too. Like he listened to albums in those timelines, but he missed those three somehow. Yeah. 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 Peace of mind and other stuff that we had done then. Jack Panaccio, who we've retired his theme music. Um, I love the fact the idea was said that us, the fans, could pick an album to review. Those guys said that, not me. Uh, by the way, uh, so I can just see everyone giving ideas only for Zeus to say, oh, yeah, I think we're going to pick that one. Only for Zeus to pick his own album anyways. Pretty Damn much fucking right. I'm not. Yep. That's why I don't want to do that to you guys. That's why I don't want to fucking do it. Jack uh, also had on our shouted out loudcasters page about the episode. Another math guy trying to figure out numbers. Yep. Graham Richley. Uh oh. Better get the calculator ready. <laughs> Steve Warsap makes my head go hurdy. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on our live cast, I don't want to get too much into it, but. Yep. When we did our live cast, uh, there were some comments in there. One was from Adam, uh, Nick Meyer, who said, I'm about the same age as you guys. Was expecting college to be like crew or poison video. Instead, it was goddamn Nirvana video. The world has enough unhappiness without celebrating in music. Like five unhappy sad emojis. Uh, That's what I got from Facebook. Sonny, what do you got for emails? Yeah, so a couple of emails here. First one's from Tony Smith. Oh, boy. He he starts with, what? You're not going to let listeners choose the album for you guys to review? Fine. Be that way. Just for that, I'm withdrawing my album review selection, Slim Slim Whitman's Greatest Hits. (laughs) In the meantime, go to adamandeve.com, use the promo code LOWCAST, and get free stuff including five spicy no-bone movies of Zeus getting five loads in his bottom. Oh! <laughs> That's what it says. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, the next one from David C. is a new listener. Uh, new listener. New listener. All right? Yeah, new listener. You said it right the second time. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, big Kiss fan. Graduated high school in 84, so I'm just a bit older than you, but right in the wheelhouse of references. Discovered your podcast during the pandemic and look forward to it each week as I'm working from home. It's been a great break in my week and routine. I've caught up on all the episodes now. Great stuff. 
Uh, thank you for your insight and humor and for keeping your listeners entertained. Although my head hurts too much track, every song for the bonus albums too hard. I would rank the albums as Appetite, Peace of Mind, Blizzard of Oz, OU812, Load, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, Pyromania, Bon Jovi's got slided in last. Good wow. Lord. Wait, his bottom three are Pyromania, Bon Jovi, and Slided it's In? Slided In. It's, uh, he did it one to ten, so Yikes. I'm assuming. Or his bottom is Appetite. Yeah, so right. That can't be right, right. Yikes. Uh, the thing that strikes me about your bonus episodes is the diversity of music. It shows that uh, there's a vast amount of great music out there, and the bonus episodes encourage me to break those albums out and appreciate them as new, different, or a different level. Anyway, thanks for all you do. A new fan from Indiana, David C. Awesome. Nice. Thank you, David. That's great. Very cool to hear. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get into our episode, somebody needs to go get laid. Oh, boy. With what? Free stuff. Go for it. Tell us how people can get exciting free stuff in time for the holiday season. Well, see, you go to this thing. It's called the World Wide Web. Oh, Okay. <laughs> You type in Soul Station. Oh, God. you get pissed off. <laughs> and then you go to adamandeve.com and look for stuff that relieves you from your pissed offedness. Is that a word you think? It is now. Okay. And then, you know, if you use the promo code LOUDCAST, they give you a bunch of free stuff, including dirty movies that have Jeanette Little, Little Dove, my first pick for the draft. Ooh, first pick in the draft? Really? Okay. Oh. All right. Yeah, so at like Sunny said, adamandeve.com, promo code loudcast. Free gifts, free shipping, free movies. Check it out just in time for the holiday season. Adamandeve.com, promo code loudcast. And uh yeah, Jeanette Little Dove, that's great. If you like, you know, old lady porn, go for that. So <laughs> hilarious. Uh, yeah. Now, this episode for this month was a selection by Mr. Sonny Pooney. Uh, Sonny, you picked this, so you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, why and how you came into the album and we'll go around the track. Yeah. So winger to me, uh, you know, you sometimes hear people say eighties, Alice is the best Alice. And, uh, I had a couple of friends in high school that were into Alice Cooper. So they let me borrow constrictor and raise your fist and yell. And, uh, you know, I'm listening to it. I'm like, eh, you know, kind of hit and miss, but, uh, I'm a liner note guy. So I'm reading the liner notes and just kind of taking it in fast forward about a year and a half. And there are some band called winger on MTV. And I'm like, wait a second. That's not exactly a popular name. There was a winger thing on the Alice Cooper albums is the same guy. Once I realized that it was, I'm like, oh, maybe I go get that album, give it a shot. I'm glad I did. Cause I actually enjoy a lot of winger. Uh, it's not one of my top 10 bands by any means, but every time I've seen them live, it's been great. Uh, Kip is unbelievably talented. There's no doubt about that. Seen a couple of acoustic tours that were great. I saw him like seven times live, a couple of times with Kiss in that first three or four years they were around. And then, you know, they kind of went on hiatus a little bit and came back. But, uh, you know, it's got all the stuff that I would want. It's hair metal. It's catchy stuff. You can hum it. Uh, it's good vocal. It's an unbelievable guitar. You got four great musicians. You know, there's all kinds of stories that got a little bit of train wreck happening, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, but uh, overall, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's Dungeons and Dragons hair metal. It's not really super smart hair metal. It's somewhere in the middle. So I would still call it like smarter party rock is kind of where I would maybe label it. But uh, I've always enjoyed it. 
All right. Um, yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll go next. So before I kind of get into some of my um, thoughts and general feelings on this, so I, I just want to kind of peek behind the curtain. So at the end of each bonus episode, after we stop recording, <clears throat> the three of us just talk and we usually announce what the next bonus album is going to be because we like to just drop these out there. No, no coming soon. No, nothing. So Sonny says to Zeus and I, I'm going to do winger self-titled. You literally crickets for maybe 10 (laughs) seconds because Zeus and I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this, but just real quick, Zeus and I are, when we think winger, we have these preconceived notions of winger from MTV, from Beavis and Butthead, et cetera. And we were going to get into that. So we laughed about that and, you know, and then we moved on and we prepared for the episode, but what I know about winger. So, you know, everybody knows the hits and the videos, and that's pretty much my only exposure to winger. I like these songs. I've heard them for, you know, 30 years. The hits were hits for a reason, but as we get into the episode here, I will tell you that I learned a lot about this band. I learned a lot about how I feel about this band and how I feel about this album. Um, and I'm excited to to talk about it. I'll be honest with you, I never owned this album. I never owned a winger album. Uh, I just knew the hits and I like them for what they were. Uh, but as as an adult now reviewing this band and this album, surprised at what I uh what I found out. Okay. So uh winger. Tom uh Sonny picked winger. Me and Tom are like, he's fucking trolling us. He's <laughs> fucking trolling us. He's not serious. He wants to see how fucking bad this can get. And I'm like, oh, God. But anyway, uh, uh, Winger, the band, I remember when they first came out. I've had this CD since it came out. I had their second CD when that came out in the Heart of the Young. I remember on our bus ride in high school hockey games, we would play Can't Get Enough. We would play Easy Come, Easy Go, because it was kind of like rocking ACDC type kind of thing. I think maybe 17 as well who were part of the rotation of the bands that were around then thought nothing of them thought they were fine I bought the album I liked the songs that was that then came fucking you know the grunge stuff so after the first two albums like all these bands I stopped buying stopped listening I moved over into grunge and then you saw the Metallica Black um Nothing Else Matters video. Lars has him pinned up Kip Winger's face on a wall, throwing darts at it. So he became a punchline. From there, the next time Winger comes into my mind is all of a sudden Beavis and Butthead's dorky, pudgy little, you know, future future radio host, Stuart, um, comes out wearing Winger. As though, like, you're the nerd or you're the dork. So I have these CDs and I kind of like, hide them in the back in college like oh yep. fuck i don't yep. want people to know i have this so unfortunately it it is true that it became kind of a joke and they're like a like the poster child of that era of music sometimes which i don't think they should get the blame they weren't very glammy looking kip winger let's be blunt is a very good looking man okay nothing to be ashamed about but he gets more shit than anybody. And it's unfortunate. And this is one of the things I told you 
that, and I've talked about it on your podcast before, Sonny, and I've told Tommy a million times. This is one of the reasons why I fucking begrudgingly like Metallica, but I hate the fact of the Lars shit being such a dick to all these other bands. And especially like a group like Winger, it, they got the biggest, you know, backlash and stuff just from that one video. And there was no need for it. Here, like metal, like the, you don't see that in country music. You don't see fucking Tim McGraw writing a diss track on George Strait. They write songs about praising the other singer. They write songs about, I was listening to this band, or I was listening to this artist. They lift each other up. This is a time where, especially like a band like Winger, was getting shit on. And all of a sudden, thrash. Okay, Metallic is great, and they're talented. But all the rest of the shit bands they brought with them, too. Just like the hair metal brought all the shit bands. Have you heard some of those awful bands that came out after Metallica? Like, they came in and got rid of all these catchy pop-oriented metal hard rock bands and it's unfortunate and grunge helped nail that coffin shut but this band and this album very familiar with it i feel bad that what happened to the era and the band itself but i'm a little bit more mature in some capacity (laughs) that i can listen to this and give it an honest opinion and you'll get it today so yeah. That's how, how I came into the Winger album. The whole Lars thing, it would be interesting if Metallica was from Oklahoma, where there was not a hair metal scene. I think what the problem was is they're in California, and whether they're in L.A. or in San Francisco, they're fighting the hair metal scene all through the mid-'80s. Right, Master did okay, but they didn't really hit their uh, money-making stride until they hit the Black Album, right? So I think there was part jealousy that there's new bands coming out and they come out and they sell platinum. And it's like, well, that guy's not as tough as we are. That band is not as rocking as we are. And I think that was Lars lashing out as jealousy, honestly. Yeah. And the problem too, I think one of the, one of the big problems with, with winger, and it could be connected to, to Lars's jealousy or whatever is just, uh, just bad timing. I mean, this, this album came out, you know, in 88, 89, and it was, you know, hair metal was still, it was, it was still there, but people were still kind of, you know, MTV was in full bloom. So the exposure to people visually and sonically with bands like winger were, it was just an interesting time. And I think, you know, and if I can be completely honest and and I'm, I'm being serious when I say this, I think having a band named winger, doesn't really help either. And when your first name is Kip, that's also not going to help now, because when you think of these self-titled bands, you know, you had Bon Jovi, you had Van Halen, you had, you, you had, what was it? Dawkin. Yeah, exactly. Those band like rocking with Dawkin or Van Halen. It's like winger. Like, (laughs) like, and I mean, and I, and I think honestly in in the eighties, it was all like marketing and it was all visuals. And I think, the timing and it, it just it just came full circle. Now to 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 kind of comment on what Zeus said, uh, to to quote George Costanza, with an unblemished record of staunch heterosexuality, <laughs> Kip Winger may be the most good-looking rock star I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, we're gonna get into the videos as we do the track by track, but this guy just 
there's a reason these songs were hits. He looked awesome. The songs were just tailor-made for videos, hooky, catchy, melodic, just good, good stuff. But I don't, I don't know if we want to, you know, Zeus, we hinted at a little bit, kind of get into what kind of what kind of maybe killed Winger was the whole was the the Beavis and Butthead thing really, really ruined Winger. Yeah, they it's also you forgot to say the part that me and you always joke about. He's got that smile when he looks all of a sudden. Bing! His oh, the, the teeth. <laughs> the yeah. teeth are, like, listen. What was that guy with the, the king? Oh, the, Elaine's boyfriend. What was yeah. his name? Oh, the Wiz. The, the Wiz. Wiz. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. And he would smile and people would like, would just go blind and be like, oh. <laughs> yep. He looks like the guy from Airplane. When the lady's playing the fucking song and everyone's smiling and then everyone oh, yeah. shows and also they go to the, the pilots and both pilots look at each other. And then in the background, you can see the co-pilot in the background turn around and smile. That's what he looks like. <laughs> um, but he is. He's His name is Kip. The only Kip I can think of was there was like a triplets that were on the Colorado Avalanche in the, like the early 90s. <laughs> Kip Miller. I don't know if that's a throw out, throw out to some of you fucking Colorado Avalanche fans. Yep. But anyway, his name is Kip Winger. It's just and, and the the ballerina moves. Oh, <laughs> the, the the come on, we got to admit it just gives it that image. And but let's be blunt here. Back. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not cool and manly enough for you, Lars. You fucking look like a dwarf and and. Kirk Hammett is not what you would call a masculine man. Yeah, so, I don't. I I don't understand. Like, I, I I don't understand. I get, the, the, I get uh, James Hetfield looks like a, a a guy like a biker kind of guy, yeah. whatever. And Gruff and Newstead and Burton were kind of like look like that image. Lars was a little bit teasy, like you know, poser boy too. And Kirk Hammett is not fucking the toughest guy around the on the block. So the reason they picked on him, you're right. Jealousy. These guys are selling. So all of a sudden now Metallica's riding high and they're just shoving it back in their face. Whereas Winger, Rats, the Dockings in them, they weren't fucking shitting on thrash bands. They weren't saying crap about them. So I just, you know, I think that and then with Metallica doing that, I think Mike Judge, when he did Beavis and Butthead, Beavis, they have the ACDC and Metallica shirt, picks up on, well, who's a band we can tease? You know, Metallica, yep. great, winger. We'll have Stuart wearing a winger shirt. And it just stayed. And it and it's too bad. But let's, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Because uh, I'm sure there's plenty more to talk about this stuff. So... What we usually do is before we get really started is we uh, talk about the album cover. Yep. Do you want to talk about the cover or the facts of the album first? Uh, we'll talk about the cover. We usually we usually kick it off with the cover so we can get into that. All right, Sonny, want to go ahead? Okay. So you guys were talking about where Tommy was mentioned uh, the name Winger. The band's name was supposed to be Sahara. That's why yep. Sahara's in the corner there, right? Yep. But it was already taken. And that band had been around since the 70s, but, you know, there was no World Wide Web to check that out on. So my guess is somebody didn't do their research first. This album cover doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. Like the the, the laser 
eye thingy. What is that? A time clock or an egg timer on his other eye? Like, I, I get the logo. Okay, the logo is cool. As you can see, that like the laser comes in, but then it must make like a sharp left turn to go through the eye because it's not exactly 3D that it's going straight to the eye. At least it doesn't look like that to me. The winger just does. I, the, I guess the album cover makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. Am I missing something? No. Star no. Child. <laughs> um. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, so the album cover to me, the first thing I see when I look at it is just a rip off of Hysteria. It's 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 it, it, it's oh yeah, it's it, it's got the cutting edges, it's got the face, the color scheme is different. But this this came out a year after Hysteria. Um, you know, if you look at Hysteria, it's got the bright colors and it's got like a face with like disjointed graphics and, and uh, colors and logos and thing. So I think it's like maybe not a full ripoff, but I think there's definitely some hysteria inspiration there. Um, the font that winger is written in, you know, is like kiss related or ACDC Metallica related. I don't really know what he's going for. It's like, he's just threw like a mishmash of, of different visuals into the, uh, you know, into the album cover. I mean, you know, for a guy who looks as good as he looks, I mean, if, 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 you know, Poison can put their faces on the cover of their albums, yeah. or at least look what the cat dragged in. You know, I'm surprised that Winger, I'm surprised that they didn't do that for this album. I know that it, it was 88, so graphics and technology were kind of taking a t- turning a corner. So maybe he wanted something a little bit more visually stunning, you know, with the with the green on gray. 
Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's ultimately a kind of a forgettable cover for me. Uh, Tommy, I had not noticed a hysteria thing. I'm looking at it right now. It's the same lettering. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even notice. Yep. Yeah. And you look at that fit. You look at that, that the, the graph. I mean, and look at his upside down a triangle. Yeah. I'm just going to say the triangles upside down and it, and it has like a distorted face with weird visuals. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it came out a year after hysteria. So could I, be a coincidence. There's, there's a couple things here. Yep. W- what about Judas Priest's stained class? Oh yeah. With that face. Okay. With the, with the lion going through the head. Yep. Right. The yep. bar. Yep. Good Sunny. one. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe it's the same artist. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any. I don't have any information. I don't, on the, I don't, I don't have know. any either. No, that's. Too, <laughs> I don't have any ambition, Sonny, to look that <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I ain't got no ambition. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also think it reminds me of the thing going through the eye. Reminds me of the omen. Oh yeah, when the priest gets the thing off the church <laughs> comes well, in like that every them. photo. The guy in the omen would see if somebody would have some line going through yep. where that person's gonna die. Yep. And this guy's fucking spear going through him. Yep. Uh, and then if you look, this the back cover's got the headshots. There's a lot of hair in there. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And they have like those um like weird images of them, graphic images of the four headshots of the band. And then in the other side of the album, that well, at least the CD that I have, yeah, it it's looks like the, like back, the face. It's like of, like uh back of it. Yeah, like almost like a Andy Warhol kind of a almost looks like the fucking head of a freeze frame from Jake Hiles band. Oh yeah. With the lips. yeah. Yep. Doesn't that look like yes. it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um yeah, so that's the album cover. I guess they were going for something. I don't know if it hit the mark or something. Maybe somebody with better artistic taste would pick up on it. I don't know. But let's get into the the facts of this album. Okay. So the album was released August 10th, 1988 produced by Bo Hill. So when I think of Bo Hill, the first band that I think of, I know what I think of. What about you guys? Uh, Warrant. No. Uh, rat. Rat. Yeah. That's what I think All of. of rat. rat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's done a, a bunch of other stuff. I think he did. Alice Cooper, right? Yeah, he did. Uh, and that's why he had some familiarity yeah. with, yep. uh, with he Kip. did Fiona's album, I think. He did that's they met through Fiona, Reb and uh Kip did. So okay. First of all, Reb and yeah. Kip. Kip. What are yeah. you guys on like like Beverly Hills 90210? Oh. This is my and friend Rod. Reb. And Rod. <laughs> yeah, and Rod. It's like she, come on, guys. You're not doing us any favors here with these names. Rod North. <laughs> oh, God. I got a DM from somebody last night. Who was it? it was, I think it was from Steve. Yeah. And <laughs> talking about our last Kiss episode, it's actually been running themed, Sonny. You would have enjoyed this conversation. It was all about our jokingly doing a porn draft. I, I, I listened to it. I listened to you guys. Oh, oh, that's nice. Thanks, okay. Sonny. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're talking about it, and I mentioned Peter North. Oh, yeah. And that I stupidly never put it together that his dick turns up, and his name is Peter North. I would have took that to the grave if I were you, by the way. <laughs> really? 
Really? So Steve Vargo last night. So Peter North, dude, laughing my ass off. I never put that together until you pointed it out. So fuck you. I wasn't the only one. And he also liked that I said that poor Tori Wells would have retina problems the rest of her life because of the load he dropped on her in Chameleon. By the way, see, since we're going to talk about this, since we'll throw, t- take, a, take a detour like we always do, I guess l- th- th- what we should do, we keep talking porn star draft. What we should do is in March, for March Madness, the porn star bracket. Oh, there you go. There you I go. I know Sonny's number one pick is Christy fucking balloon tits candy, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's my number one. Well, I think you two She'll would have be in to the fight. Top five. <laughs> I think you guys would have to fight to see who drafts her first. That'll be like the fucking big thing. Who gets the first pick, right? Sonny, who else would you probably take in the first couple of rounds? Jeanette Lillardov, like I said. Oh, to what do you mean Amber like you Lynn. said? When did I hear you say yeah, that? I said it earlier. You weren't listening. Did, um, you, say, did you say Amber Lynn? Amber Lynn. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I remember her. Yeah. Yep. I used to think her and Ginger Lynn were sisters when they would dyke out and be like, wow, that's so fucked up. <laughs> when they they were in a John Holmes greatest hits DVD, uh, uh, VHS that we had at Stonehill, which uh, is legendary. That they had he like double teamed them in a fucking bathtub with bubbles, and he was going, ooh, <laughs> with his with his fucking mustache that looked like he was from Nintendo's track and field game from the 1980s. Uh, how about he looked, like, he, he looked like a cross between like Bill Walton and Larry Bird with that with that mustache. He was not what you would call a handsome man. No, John Holmes. Uh, Vanessa Del Rio. Oh, there's a good one. Okay, okay. I, I, li- I like I like the diversity of Sonny's picks. <laughs> Checking off all the boxes. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. We'll have to look it up. But yeah, I think I would probably stay with my two. Amber Lynn's a good one there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Can we get back to uh, (laughs) we're doing an episode (laughs) on an album? Well, speaking of, I mean, if I mean, I'm surprised uh, our buddy Kip wasn't involved in the uh, male. uh, He was in Playgirl, wasn't he? He was on the cover of Playgirl, but he never took his clothes off. Oh, what a ripoff. (laughs) Hand down. I want to see cock. <laughs> oh, my God. Booger said that in Revenge of the Nerds. Um, <laughs> anyways, the um, so the band basically formed from uh, Kip Winger and Red Beach were buddies. And and I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, right, that Paul Taylor was also in Alice Cooper as well. Yeah. Reb wasn't, Paul was. So Kip and Paul met in Alice's band. Reb and Kip worked on Fiona's album and Rod's from the Dixie Dregs. He actually teaches right down the street from me, Tom, in Berkeley right now. Yes, oh. that's right. That, yep. Yeah, and that, we'll, 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 we'll get into the music, the musicianship and uh, the talent that these guys have. We'll, we'll talk about yep. the album a little bit more, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So the group was originally going to call Sahara, which Sonny had mentioned was on the album cover. You can yep. still see on the bottom right. They released four singles and four videos for a debut album. That's a lot. Yep. The album was platinum, stayed on the charts for 63 weeks. And in addition, 
went up to number 21 as a debut album. That's pretty good. Here's a question that I have. And so you mentioned the four members, Sonny. If you look at the album and you look inside and you read the band members, it says Paul Taylor, keyboards, backing vocals. Every video I see, he's playing guitar. So which leads me to think, did Red Beach play both parts of the guitar on this album? And that's probably they, true. Yeah. That's and probably. then in the in live that Paul plays the guitar other the rhythm part. Yeah, because what ends up happening live, and you'll you know, you see it with three piece bands like the Winery Dogs, etc. Like when you've got or even with Van Halen, when you've got a guy that is a virtuoso and wants to show the creativity and you want to let him loose a little bit, you got to have somebody filling up the back. There's no, there's no way around that. And if you don't, it sounds really, really empty. Right. So the way Winer Dogs does it, there's Billy Sheehan's basically playing a bass part that's heavy enough to be almost a guitar part too. And then they do a lot of things together. Right. Mr. Big used to do the same thing. Eddie didn't do that. So when you saw Eddie live, Unless Sammy was playing the guitar every once in a while, it sounded really thin. That's never been a problem with Winger. Like Paul will just, uh, he basically plays keyboards on like a couple of the ballads and stuff and maybe one rocking song besides that he's playing guitar the whole time. Very much like Great White. Great White does the same thing. Yeah. Now, if you notice the videos, there are times in the same one song, he's playing keyboards and he's playing guitar in the same video, different shot. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And. The album is considered in the glam metal, air metal, and Winger likes to say, and others call it prog rock as well. Tom sent me an article today where somebody called it chest air metal, (laughs) (laughs) which would be a nice expression because he does like to show his chest air. Yep. Paul Stanley chest air, a matter of fact. But um, those are some of the facts of the album. Anybody else want to add something else? So when you get it, when you're commenting on the whole prog thing, that was, as I said at the beginning of the episode, that was, I, I learned a lot of interesting things about Winger. Because to me, as a kid, you know, when this album came out, I was 15. I, I loved hair metal. I was into it all. But as everybody knows, MTV and hair metal, all the bands were relatively interchangeable. If there was a good song, you're like, oh, who does that? Oh, Warren? Oh, oh, Europe? Oh, Poison? Whatever. So Winger was just another band looking into this and Sonny, I'm going to give you and Tony credit. And I trust Tony, maybe against my better judgment, (laughs) but, but Tony being a musician and in a band, I had absolutely no idea how respected Winger is as musicians amongst music aficionados, I guess I'll say. And even, even Winger acknowledges that they wanted to be like a pop metal version. He even says it in a quote in Ultimate Classic Rock. He says, I always wanted to be like Yes meets Kiss, which I thought was just amazing. And I never realized that when you look, when you're talking about, about Kip Winger's, his musical abilities, Red Beach, who our buddy Steve Wright raves about, and Sonny, you have too. But then all the other musicians in the band, I never really, I, I missed out on that level of respect that these guys get. This is not poison. This is not a band with like throw. These guys are legitimately skilled musicians. As Zeus said, 
the drummer is a teacher at Berkeley College of Music in Boston, which is the most well-respected college of music probably in the world, if not the United States. Th- those are just some amazing things that I learned about this band. And you talk about the faults that they had and, and, and the, the the issues that they had, whether it is with Beavis and Butthead or whether it is the Metallica thing. And, and you know, they got, they got pigeonholed and it kind of did, it kind of derailed their career. Now, granted grunge probably would have derailed their career anyways, but I almost compare it to something like when you talk about Billy Squire, the first thing that comes to mind for a lot of people is that rock me tonight video with him prancing around in that pink tank top. Billy Squire is a hell of a lot more than that video. And that guy is super talented, but unfortunately like that was kind of the end of his career. Now, credit to winger that this was not the end of their career they put out another album with tons of hits and they're still performing now but you know and and then when you have a huge hit like 17 great song you know catchy melody but then a song like that you get pigeonholed kind of like warrant with cherry pie warrant has a lot more to offer than cherry pie and i feel like i learned a lot about the quality of the musicianship the songwriting and how winger really deserved better yeah i think atlantic isn't stupid, right? They saw somebody, they're like, okay, I can hear the songs. We can hear the hits. Oh my God. We have a GQ plus Marlboro man, front man. Yep. We can sell up the sex too. Yep. Right. So this thing, it didn't take long. It took a while for it to get started, but once it about six months in, it went platinum fairly quickly. As soon as people started seeing that's a good looking guy. Cause the other three guys are not what you would call handsome men. No. Right, they got like this centerfold guy, and then three other guys. Um, but they're not ugly. They're not. It's not Mick Mars on all all three instruments. No. Oh no 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 no. This isn't Halloween. <laughs> We're not talking oh, about Saxon. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> fucking Anvil. It's not Grim Reaper. <laughs> it's so easy to come day. up with those ugly <laughs> band names. This isn't Crocus. <laughs> oh God. This isn't restrained. well done just kidding just kidding but anyway um one of the things i wanted to mention tom is you're right because what i find is like these guys are almost like look i am not saying they're led zeppelin or the eagles but led zeppelin had musicians musicians and they formed jimmy page and john paul jones formed it and they found a couple of the guys obviously the eagles were all great musicians backing up Linda Ronstadt's band. Like Kip was doing with Alice Cooper and all these guys are talented. And they're like, you know what? We could do our own band. And they just went off and did it themselves. Kind of. That's what those other guys had been doing. So you are also saying about the looks of the band though, at one point too, uh, Sonny, I think that the keyboard slash guitar player is a, 80s Paul Stanley lookalike. I don't know. What do okay. you think? Uh, yeah, maybe. And you know, he he aged well. He's still a good looking guy now. You know, he's in his 60s or whatever. And see, the nicest guy ever. I've met him two or three times. The I know you're. Wait a minute. I know you're not referring to Paul Stanley. No, no, gracefully no, no, no. and beautifully. No. no. Hell no. <laughs> but when you have a guy, when not you have a guy, crooked man. When you have a guy who looks as good as Kip, the uh, I'm sorry, I can't I can't say Kip without I'm just like without bouncing uh, in your chair. Like uh, it's like Kip. 
Like yeah, when you have a guy that when, name, you're right, when, Tom. You're when right. you have a guy that good looking, the camera should really remain on him for most of these videos. If you want to do a general zoom or pan around to other, the other bums in the band, um, other than that, I, look, I'm watching these videos. I want to see Kip Winger. All right. We'll get into the videos. I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. I've got some comments on, on that comment. Just, I know we've, we've talked about, we've touched it here and there a little bit more about the winger Beavis and Budhead thing, because um, Kip Winger has had some uh, back and forth with Mike judge, uh, the creator of Beavis and Budhead. And he said that he said, I found Mike judge. I told him I wanted to clear the air. Uh, He says, I never tried to sue MTV or Mike, regardless of what the rumors were. I never had a problem with a cartoon. Uh, There was nothing you could do about it, but take it like a man. And then Kip Winger continues by saying, it certainly didn't help us. I'll tell you that. But it was a funny show. And Mike is a funny guy. So I just I thought I I think it's interesting. And I think it shows that he's kind of a stand up guy that he acknowledges the Stuart Beavis and Butthead thing. Uh, and he doesn't try to hide it. And he, he kind of takes it like a pro and is like, look, it is what it is. But I do find it interesting that he even acknowledges it didn't help us, you know, because you got Beavis and Butthead wearing ACDC and Metallica shirts, banging their head. You know, they're, they're kick ass. They're watching videos. And then their pudgy little dorky, annoying friend has a winger shirt on. I mean, in the early 90s, that was about um, for for any impressionable teenage kid watching Beavis and Butthead. Like you said, Zeus, all of a sudden it's like. I can't listen to Winger. Even Beavis and Butthead is making fun of these guys. Yeah, the thing about it is Beavis and Butthead was the number one or the hottest thing on MTV. Yep. MTV used to be how those bands made their living. Yep. So how I used to make my career, the biggest thing on that industry or channel is now making fun of me. How's that going to help me? So, yeah, you you do have that kind of a problem there. So Yeah. All right. Track by track. Let's get into it. One other thing I want to bring up. Okay, go ahead. Recently, I've seen um, the Howard Stern Metallica interviews. Yeah. Did you see how they brought up the whole Kip Winger thing? I heard about it. I, I I didn't see the full details, but I heard that it was brought up. Yeah, that Lars said that he kind of tried to reach out. And uh, he feels kind of bad about what he did about that whole thing, about the whole dart thrown at him. And like, it was like personal was the music. It wasn't about personally the guy. He didn't know him. And, but he understood that it was a real kind of a dick move. And he, you know, probably because all the therapy that fucking band does, he probably realized he has like nightmares of what he did. Step nine, step nine. <laughs> Ready to get into the tracks? Let's do it. Okay, track one.
So I have never personally met a woman named Madeline. Kip and Madeline doesn't sound exactly like the sexy group that's going to get a TV show. I don't know, but uh, kind of sounds like a name for like a ugly English teacher or something. I, I, Madeline Stowe is the only one that I've even come close to knowing a Madeline. I don't know any others. Madeline uh, Khan. Who's that? Madeline Khan. That's yeah. Madeline. It, that's Madeline, not Madeline. Yeah, no, no, I say Madeline Khan, but it doesn't sound like the person that Sonny said was Madeline either. Yeah, it's not. No, but who's Madeline Khan? She's the one that was in all those uh, Mel Brooks movies. Oh, yeah, okay. okay, Yeah, she was uh, that actress. Oh, okay. Uh, No, I love the backing vocals on this song. Love the verse. You know, I think immediately you can kind of tell that Reb is one of those guys that uh, now that we know the history, kind of armchair quarterback, most likely underrated that people don't know a ton about him. That little guitar lick after uh, you've gone too far. Like I look forward to that little guitar lick every single time. The riff is so kind of simple. I wish a guitar solo was actually longer because I love it. What I don't love about the song is that, ah, like I've never liked that in the chorus. Uh, The yeah thing, that whole Mark Slaughter thing he's doing at the beginning, whatever. The video you can tell he's trying to be part David Lee Roth and part Paul Stanley. Like the the twirling, the blah. He even makes jokes like, well, I had the bass around my neck, but I wasn't really trying to play the bass in the videos. But when I play live, I actually got to play the bass, so I can't do as much twirling. So the videos don't exactly make you, I don't know, seem tough. The little twirly thing he's doing, it almost you know pussifies him a little bit. That's unfortunate, but... Atlantic absolutely knew they had a guy that is going to look great on video and they played it up, man. They really did. Yeah. Madeline, um, killer opener for, for, for an album. Um, I like how it kind of, kind of lulls you in with a little bit with that little acoustic riff. And then in my opinion, just an absolutely killer riff. And one thing I grew to love throughout this album was just Reb's playing just a, a, a real knack for finding a, a, the perfect combination of a heavy riff that was also hooky, which is tough to do because most of these guys either know how to really a killer heavy riff or like a pop metal riff. And I think this this album in general and this song specifically kind of balances the two. And, and Sonny, I know what you're talking about, that little lick that he that they do that, you know, where he's kind of chugging a little bit. I, it's kind of yeah. hard to pick it up. You, if you listen to the song, you know what we're talking about. And generally speaking, because I'm probably going to say this a lot throughout this album, some of the most amazingly crafted pop metal songs. And and what I mean by that is if you take away the fact, you know, winger, if you just look at it from a a, a musical perspective, these verses and every song, they the bridge into the chorus is just outstanding. I mean, some of these bridges are almost better than the actual choruses. And and then it just brings you back to the verse. And I think the progression of these songs is just I, I can't believe as as I was analyzing this album and, and taking notes, I, I I couldn't I reminded myself like holy shit I'm talking about a friggin' winger album, and I'm 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 laying down these kind of accolades for for something like this. I just think it's just just really impressive. I think the production on the album is is it's pretty full, it's pretty thick, it's pretty heavy, it's not tinny or thin like a stuff was at the time i'll wait for zeus to comment and then i figured we can kind of all jump in with some of the video commentary i know sunny already had some comments but we'll kind of 
we can kind of have that conversation. But Zeus, if you want to talk about the song, we'll do that. Uh, Madeline, written by Kip Winger and Rabbit Beach, made it to number 27 on the mainstream rock charts. It was their debut single. It was one of the first four songs that Reb and Kip worked on when they got together. I guess Reb had the, the riff and then Kip worked it out. Yep. It's really catchy. Okay. The solo is absolutely kick ass, but it continues a fucking pet peeve of mine. Stupid girl name songs. <laughs> this and fucking Shandy can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Just fucking come up with a different name. Why do you have to come up with creative, like stupid names that no one knows of? So you're okay with Amanda. You're okay with yeah. that. Yep. You're okay with Lucy. Yep. Okay. okay. It's yeah. the made up names that are the problem. The stupid ones. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Maybe yeah, they're maybe. stupid. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Speaking of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So the video itself, you know, the, the first thing you pick up on is, damn, that's a good looking man. But, <laughs> but I wonder if his last name is North. Yeah. <laughs> Dick North. He fucking like there's something about his bass playing and singing in these videos. Like the bass is there isn't high, the, the but the bass is like hiked up way too high. And he's got his like hand bent like like an R&B bass player and he look and the bass is big and long so it looks like it looks like looks like one of the bass player that follows the fucking lead guy from I'm going to get you sucker oh, yeah. you know, it's my, I got my own theme music and he walks behind him bow, 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 bow. <laughs> it's like an R&B like he plays it way too high it just it I can't see a lead singer bass player it doesn't move around like trying to be like paul stanley it doesn't work when you're playing the bass trying to be like tough and playing the bass it just it just looks it looks silly you got to stand up and and hit it with your thumb down low and look menacing you can't look like you're like ooh and slapping around and good fucking lord does he love his fucking little Dorothy Hamill spins? Oh, woo, woo! Like what the fuck? It, it spins that make fucking like poison spins look like tough. Like, come on, you're not helping yourself here, brother. So you it, you, you, yeah, bring it, you 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 make a good you make a good point, and I noticed that too. Having a bass player be the lead singer of a band like this. Okay. You're, you're a pop metal, like rock band. Okay. If you want to be the lead singer and jump around and twirl around and fly around fine, but doing it with the bass, cause I noticed, cause cause I noticed that too, as I'm watching the video, I'm like, okay, first of all, you look like a, you look like a little kid who just took their dad's instrument and is prancing around your bedroom. (laughs) Because it's too big for it, you. First of all, right? It's like it's like a nine foot bass, <laughs> and, and 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 if if you're going to be the lead singer, you, you said it perfectly. Like somebody like like Paul Stanley or a lead a lead guitarist, lead singer, or rhythm guitarist, lead singer. You can you can twirl around in riff. You can't. You look stupid as a, as a lead singer doing that with a bass. <laughs> well, if <laughs> not that this is going to help the conversation because it might put it to a different place, but. If you're wondering how he does a singing live, the last time we saw him, Uh-oh. he had the Battery Boys headset mic going. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh no. It's just but it is it is odd to see the lead singer like jumping around because usually the lead singer is either doesn't play an instrument like David Lee Roth, or it's like Paul Stanley with the guitar where you can pull that off. You know, you can do a riff and then flip around or like you can't do that with a bass. It looks it looks ridiculous. Bass players are used to stand up and hit like crunch chords like Gene does. Yeah. Play it like that. Like even Blackie Lawless just you're like, oh, I'm menacing. <laughs> my but my hand is twirled and I'm and I'm strumming, slapping on the old bass head. Eh? Like, well, even like right, like even like Nikki Six. Nikki Six looks like a badass and, and has badass moves, but he's not doing like the he's not doing the the ballerina twirly shit. That's because he can't. Well, that's true. Okay, all right, that's true. That's true. But that being that that being said, the video is of the time, and I noticed too. That shirt that he's wearing, just rip it off, Kip. Just because it's hanging by a thread, and as the video progresses, the shirt just, just take it off. Just take it off. You I look good. See, I want. You look good without chest. it. Yeah. Well, I just just take it off and show us what you got, buddy. Yeah. Like it just. I I can't get over it. He's got it hiked up real high, so he's like this playing it. I'm trying to show these guys. Yeah. Like up past his nipples, the bass is like right on his chin, and he's like. Play like well, he has to do that, otherwise, you can't see his waist moving around and you know, doing the little Shakira thing. Good, good point. But a bassist (laughs) usually has it low and it's like fucking crunching it, you know. Like, you gotta, you can look cool playing the bass, it's possible. Look at fucking what's her name from uh, Smashing Pumpkins, um, Darcy. Oh, Darcy, playing playing fucking uh, Bullet, right? Yep. Look at that video. She looks badass with those fucking kick-ass legs and shit. Yep. Like there, you can look good doing it. Gene looks badass playing the bass, except when he does the finger tap in some of his videos. But this just looks woo, and he's silly. You can't have it hanging low because if you do a kick, a ballerina kick, you're gonna hit yourself in the balls. It can't he's happen. Kidding. He's like playing like he's carrying an oboe. It's fucking that big. The thing is huge. Two sol- two solutions are either put the fucking bass down or stop spinning around. Figure it out. Figure it out, Kip. Or play it like a crunch or something. Like stop playing like ooh, like fucking cooling the gang <laughs> walking around. I would rather that. At least that that's kind of do like a little strut, like jungle barrel, jungle boogie. Exactly. Yeah. Oh well. And that's but how I wrote in Madeline. It went skibbly biddly. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over to Reb, and Reb is going, <laughs> and I look over to the drummer, and the drummer's going, putu, 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 putu. And, then, and that's how we came up with the first Winger album. Yeah, man. Oh, anyway, right. so uh, that was uh, Madeline. Let's go over to song number two.
Okay, so Hungry, you know, 1988, to start the song off that first 22 seconds with a little bit of like an arrangement, you could tell that somebody, whether it's the record company, whether it's Bo Hill, whether it's Kip, is trying to show, look, we're not just any old hair metal band. Like, that's what they're trying to do. But Kip has said himself, he quoted, uh, and I quote, our looks were Bon Jovi, but the music was more progressive. We probably made a mistake there. Like we were confusing people, yep. right? Okay. That's probably true. I, you know, Tom, you mentioned it before. Like I like the pre-chorus here better than I like the chorus. I think the end of the solo has a little bit of a Zeppelin flavor to it. This is, you know, kind of a more mid-tempo song. Um, the video's interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, the ballet story, just in case you don't know. His girlfriend wanted to take ballet. Nobody would take it with her. So that's why he went and sought out ballet to begin with and then ended up falling in love with it. So that's kind of where it comes. But even in this video, I remember going, do you own any shirts? Like, can you put a shirt on that covers it all? Like, I don't want to see the nipples. I don't want to see the hairy chest. I don't want to see any of it. Just put, but there's a lot of, he doesn't wear a shirt. And then other guys start taking off their shirt too. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yep. That video is a is a little bit of a mess. We'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we'll get into the video. But yeah, so Sonny, you 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 talked about that the little string intro. Yeah, that's very that's proggy. It's all it's very uh, extreme. Reminded me of something extreme would do. And extreme was kind of like a thinking man's hairband too. They came off kind of proggy, you know. That and that's what separates them. You, you, when you talk about hair metal, you might talk about extreme, but you talk about them differently. And that's how the the, the intro to this. But again, once the song kicks in, another really heavy riff. And I think this song, and you, the, I'll say this a lot about the, the songs on this album, great, great and, uh, and fitting use of keyboard harmonics in the background. I think for me, the keyboards work terrific. Th- th- this is not Crazy Nights keyboards from Kiss. These are keyboards that fit. They, they sound melodic. They, they harmonize with, all, with everything else that's going on with the song. I think it's a great song. I think one of my favorite parts of the song is how there's that little breakdown in the middle with a little bit of a solo. And then you get the, that, that it almost sounds like a string effect. It's it, obviously keyboards being used and then it kind of kicks back into gear. I think there's a lot going on with this song. And I think there's another reason why it was a hit. It's another great song for me. Two for two so far. Hungry written by Kip Winger and Red Beach. It was, I think their fourth single made it to us top billboards number 85 then mainstream rock charts number 34 the orchestra in the beginning i think that's more them saying you're right proving like oh we're prog rock we put this in warren's not doing this yep like you know just no need for it but there's a running theme in this album every almost every beginning part of a song first five to ten seconds is something different than the song is yep and you know you got the orchestra part in this beginning previous to that madeline was the screech and the and the acoustic stuff the same thing here it's just another kick-ass solo i put again good lord i you're right he he is extremely underrated extremely underrated so let's talk about that video Oh boy. The video is like a young couple in their car and for some reason he can't hit the brakes or the brakes don't work and they go flying off into a mountain and supposedly she dies. 
And then this guy is reoccurring this nightmare constantly of his car going off the cliff. And I don't know if he tries to kill himself in the end. I'm like, oh, that, that's a nice message. And he did or he didn't or he sees the car crashing. I don't know if he was in it or he wasn't in it. I, I can't fucking tell. And in the bottom, the band is playing again. All their videos, if you notice, it's never bright and shiny. It's always like dark, grainy. I don't know if they're trying to be like, it's not all about the looks. Yep. But there's something weird. Like the band isn't really highlighted. But, you know, he does have his ripped shirts on. But he's also one other thing. The bass he's playing, I think he stole it from the 1966 Paul McCartney fucking catalog. <laughs> what the? F- that is like the least rocking bass I've ever seen a guy play in a metal kind of a band. Yep. What the fuck is that thing? That's awful. If anybody's slapping the old bass there, it's him in that video. Yeah. I thought the video and the lyrics make no sense. I think the video is fine by itself. But in the lyrics about I want to have sex and what's hungry, this lady hungry for your like, love? Like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I guess you could. Yeah, it was romantic and blah blah blah. I don't really hear romantic out of this. So it was like, okay, she died and you want to do her? Like it's there's something wrong. Yeah, I, I like this. I found this on the website. I share with you guys. Um, this this music website did like a review of the album. This guy says it he's perfectly with the video. He says all right, let me set the scene. Guy gets married, gets in a car accident with his girl after skidding around many turns. He gets tossed from the car. Then he watches the car blow up. Now he's hungry for her physical love. Bro, she hasn't been dead for more than 30 seconds. Relax. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. But then the end, then the end, the the car goes off the cliff. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Suicide. What a great message to send in a video. But then the guy's standing on the edge of the cliff. So what did he pull a fucking ghost rider off the thing? the video is just weird. It, it, it's a weird vi- and, and, and uh, cool at the beginning when they're driving around. You can hear them listen to Headed for a Heartbreak in the car. They're playing that on the car stereo. But yeah, the video is just like, dude, just relax. That's you know? stolen from Poison, by the way. What is? The previous video is always played in the background before. Oh, the yeah, 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 oh. yeah. Good call. But yeah, um, no, I, I, I like the song. The video is, yeah, well, the video is whatever, but I think the song's killer. I think it's a, a fucking like crying or amazing Aerosmith type video yeah. they were trying to do. Okay. A young yep. couple with like weird fucking shit. And yep. I don't know. But anything else, Sonny? Uh, no, that's it. 61755. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> All right, my man. Now let's go cruise the high school and pick up some chicks.
okay, so 17, um, you know, like I said, Kip has been known to say album was dead for six months, and then they were on the Scorpions tour, had a couple of videos, and then all of a sudden, everybody knew who we were, right? And 17 was the second video, so, you know, by the time the third video comes out, the the album is headed for platinum, so no issue there. And, you know, this song's got a little bit of a Van Halen uh, vibe. It's got a little bit of a Steve Vai vibe. So that whole guitar solo kicks in. I was already a Vai fan, so I'm like, all right, Reb's got me forever. He's doing kind of a similar thing. Love the verse melody with the verse music. It's kind of unique. The chorus has got a good groove. This is one of those songs that you'll find yourself humming, so it happened to me the other day. So, you know, I've been listening to this album now, you know, nonstop for four weeks. And I'm at work, and I'm humming. And then, you know, you get that person. So what you humming? And I'm exactly. like, exactly. Then you have to lie. Right. <laughs> and then it happened to me about three hours later when I was getting a haircut, I'm sitting there humming ladies. All, so what you humming? I'm just like, good Lord. I got to stop. <laughs> you didn't um, tell him. No, I didn't tell him. So I'll tell you an interesting story about this thing. So about this song. Anyway, Kip has been on a couple of the monsters rock cruises, right? Mm-hmm. He, and he loves playing roulette play roulette with him several times. And one of the things that the monsters rock cruise does is come play roulette with Kip on this night kind of thing. Well, I went to one of the cruises cruises with my wife, Nicole. So she loves roulette. Also, it's her favorite game to play. So she's sitting there playing. And then all of a sudden the timing hits of when you're supposed to play with Kip and he brings a microphone over and she starts freaking out because the seat next to her is empty and sits down. Kip sits one seat over because the next two seats were empty. Right. And she's like, um, just kind of trying to get my attention. Go, come over here, come over here. I don't want him shoving a microphone in my face. I think she also wanted to say he keeps playing my number. So he's putting his chips on my chips and that's weirding me out Uh-oh. because homie's playing 17. Ah, right. And that's yep. one of her numbers. Right. So she's like, I think that's what she really wanted to tell me. So I come over, I sit down in the middle and just to be a dick, I start playing 18 because that's oh. an Alice Cooper song. So I'm like, I'm going to play Alice Cooper's number 18 hit three out of four times. Oh, Dude, nice. Why keeps coming? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Nice. Fucking typical Sonny. <laughs> sticking it to him right there. <laughs> so 17, it, it was a hit for a reason. Like, like, like Sonny said, it's got a great riff. One of the catchiest choruses you're ever going to want to sing, maybe privately. Kip says uh, he got the inspiration from the Beatles song. I saw her standing there. But one of my favorite lines is that he Kip claims that he was not aware that it's illegal for an adult to have sexual relations with a 17 year old. And then he clarified that he's never had sex with anyone who's 17 after he turned 21. Okay, thank you for the clarification, Kip. Nice to know. And then that other website that I referred to, this was great. So anybody who knows the song Into the Night by Benny Mardonez, if you listen to those words, this guy says it's Benny Mardonez Into the Night, but the hair metal version. Into the Night and 17 are superiorly creepy, but hair metal is the great equalizer, and this song rocks. It's true. Into the Night by Benny Mardonez, great song, but if you pay attention to the lyrics, it's frightening as bad as christine 16 is you know 17 you know dude when you're talking about a song she's only 17 and you start talking about her daddy and all that stuff dude not not good now that being said for a reason it's catchy as hell but like i I mentioned earlier the band got pigeonholed with this like like you heard like you used to hear janie lane 
say about Warren, you know, I'm the cherry pie guy. I don't want to be the cherry pie guy. Winger. Yes. The object is to make hits and sell records. And this was going to be the song on the album that was going to do that, but they became the 17 band. And it's too bad because this, this album offers way more than just this song. 17 written by Kip Winger, Red Beach and Bo Hill. It made it to up to number 26 on the U S charts. 19 for the mainstream rock charts. Kip says it's a prog song, challenging to play and sing at the same time. Catchy is all fuck. I remember this when this came out. I think I got Winger probably by, I'm not sure if I got it after Madeline or after this, but the song is catchy as fuck. The chorus, the riff. And Red Beach's playing is fantastic. And you know what I also like in that he does? He does a lot of outro solos on this album. And he really hit it again on this one. And I would say, shockingly, what a great one, two, three punch this these tracks are, one after another. Yep. Good for them. Yep. Now, video. The fucking spins are out of control. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking out of control. The other thing, there's another purple tinge to this video again. I don't know if he thinks he's Prince. I don't know what the purple is with him. But, and again, it's never just a bright fucking image of him in the band. So I don't know if he's trying to say, well, I don't glorify my good looks or anything like that. Because he does with this body language and... His moves lifts the bass up on its side and shakes his hips around like he's gyrating and stuff. Like the fuck, you know. And and the you know a lot of the close-ups of his face. And then, but he, but I have the images kind of grainy looking. Like dude, that doesn't. I think your Trinitron has finally given out. I think it's Trinitron, so Trinitron. That's the problem. There's a word we haven't heard in TV <laughs> lore for years. Maybe, maybe, and. And the other thing is, if you notice in the video, I think at some point they said to you, you're not going to fucking put a little Britney Spears type girl in a fucking Catholic school girl outfit because they really could have played that up. Oh, better yet. What if they did this song and did and, and had the chick and the girls in the background from girl school from Britney Fox? Well, that would see so you bring up a good point, Zeus, talking about the video, because the first thing you notice is, OK, th- this girl is not 17. They don't show her face. Yeah. She's dr- she's dressed like an older woman, and what exactly. you can and what you can make out of her face is like a, a an older woman, you know, maybe somebody in her twenties or whatever. Like Stephanie Seymour, like a tall right. model. No so way it was, that girl seventeen, right? So it was clearly an, an editorial decision. But you're right, girl school pulled it off. You watch that video, yeah. The, obviously, those girls are sixteen or seventeen; they're older girls, but they're dressed like that. But you got to wonder: was Winger trying to be a little bit more? above the fray and not have that he's probably like okay the song is you know about a girl who's 17 but let's make the video maybe a little bit more i don't know what because he could have played it up like you said it could have been he could have had 17 year old girls spinning around with his fucking base to say is she's 17 but she's an adult looking 17 she's not playing that she's a young looking 17 and i'm chasing a young looking 17 year old and the chick because you gave me a face sonny the chick from girl school is fucking smoking. Dude, that's the, that, that's like the greatest video 
Oh my other, god. Other than other than other than boys are gonna rock. That might be the greatest <laughs> video ever made. Oh wow. <laughs> I think I think Vinny was an extra in that video. <laughs> that chick is a smoke show. She was in some 80s movie too. I forget what movie. You're giving me a look. You don't find her attractive? No. Oh, what the fuck is Here wrong we go. with you? Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> Sorry. I don't find her attractive. I well, like it looks my like, women better looking. Well, it looks, oh like we, lo- looks like our bonus episode for next month is going to be Britney Fox's oh, uh, girl's Lord. school album. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that needs to be our poll question. On a chart of one through a hundred, how fucking insane is Sonny that he doesn't think that girl is hot? He's got a couple other issues we could vote on, too. So, <laughs> Sonny, thoughts on the video? 17? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, the twirling is out of control. There's yeah. absolutely no doubt there. I, did, I didn't really notice the purple tinge thing, but maybe I wasn't looking and maybe I was blinded by the chest hair, I guess. Uh, it's possible. Go. But I was surprised that they didn't use a teenager, but I was glad to. Like, I, I don't know how. Now, when the video came out, I was only 19 years old, so I probably wouldn't have cared. But as a 50-year-old, I'd have been like, what the hell are you guys doing? Are you guys nuts? Yeah. So I'm kind of glad they didn't do it, honestly. Zeus may have, Zeus may, you may have hit it, hit it on the head. The, 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 the song is kind of about a girl who's 17 but looks older, so maybe that was the message yeah, they were trying to convey with the video. Issue. Yeah. Whereas girl, whereas girl school is, I'm just banging the high school girls, and I'm going to show the video. <laughs> Reform school girls. Oh, yeah. Because right. my baby broke all the rules. Oh, it's oh just a good what dream. a great song. Oh, the video. Britney Fox sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that musicianship isn't on the same level as Winger? No, give me Halloween over Britney Fox. Oh, dude, that's a that's an awful statement. There's a poll question. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? There's a poll dude, Britney- question. Britney Fox has some good songs in girls' no. school. Never mind the video is fantastic. The song is fucking kick ass. The song is amazing. Oh my god! Oh. They have a couple good songs that band no, did. They have zero absolutely. Good songs. They did a good song, a good version of "Hair on the Dog." Uh, they had a, a good song called "Dream On," which I really like. Long um, way to love. Long way to love. They're so bad, I can't even see Britney Spears the same way anymore. Oh, how dare you? That's by the way, bra- <laughs> brace yourself, people. There may be a Britney Spears bonus selection coming soon. You never know. You never know. That's just going to be fucking painful because we're not watching videos. We're just fucking talking about her. her That's voice. True. All right. What's next? Let's turn the lights down low, Zeus. What's All next? Right. Whoo! Song number four. Hit it.
So to me, this song could have been on New Jersey, right? I, I think Kip is an underrated singer and he can sing the hell out of a ballad that is coming partially from, I've seen him live acoustic a couple of times and the guy can sing. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I love that Reb did an appropriate, beautiful guitar solo instead of, you know, vinnied it up, uh, you know, back on the streets, vinnied it up kind of thing. Uh, I love the backing vocals, like when they're doing the chorus and it's like a little off time, the lead vocals. So I, I kind of like that. It's really catchy. And to me, it should have been a chartable single. So I had to go do some research. I'm like, all right, let's go see what ultimateclassicrock.com says the top 10 rock ballads of the 80s are. Go for it. 10 Patience, 9 Love Song, 8 Love Bites, 7 Never Say Goodbye, 6 Heaven, 5 Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, 4 Was I Remember You, 3 Was Faithfully, 2 Was That Brutal Song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn, and number 1 is Home Sweet Home. To me, there's only three songs on that list better than this song. I kind of agree with you. This thing could have been, this could have made this song sell double. If they released the video at the right time and the song at the right time, this thing is a top 10, no doubt. So this song here, when I first heard it, I was like, oh boy. I'm like, this is over the top, syrupy 80s, like prom, <laughs> like prom song cheese. And as I kept listening to it, I kept listening to it and I came around to Sonny. I'm like, what, a, what an excellently crafted song. Like, like if, if I've said this before, if you step back and just examine it from that kind of perspective, and there's another thing I haven't really mentioned yet. And Sonny, you just said it. He can sing. He has a legitimately really good voice, I think. And the fact that this song was not a hit. I mean, when you hear when I hear this song in 1988, we're right in the middle of high school. I mean, when I hear this song, I picture those proms or those high school dances the lights down low, the disco ball spinning, the chaperones walking around, making sure hands belong where they belong. You know, as the everybody's <laughs> trying to touch each other. I think it. I think it's a great song. I think again, the the, the bridge go the pre-chorus or the bridge, whatever you want to call it, call it, going into the chorus. Just a very very well made song. And that list that you just wrote, I agree with you. There's probably only three or four songs on that list that are better than this one. And and I'm wondering if they didn't want to release it because they wanted to maintain that hard rock look because all their singles were very hard rock. But I, I think it's an underrated cut and could have easily been a huge hit. It, it could have even made this album bigger than it already was. And the album was big. Without the Night, written by Kip Winger, Red Beach, and Paul Taylor comes in as a writing credit. Weird noises to start the song again, like a pipe bursting or something. A pipe, a boiler <laughs> removal. <laughs> We do some boiler removal and pipes, insulation and uh, breaching and everything. <laughs> the keyboard effects, lots of cool keyboard effects on this album. But I know that list you read, I would say maybe three songs on that list are decent. And this song goes with the rest of the ones that are not. Really? Oh, just, wow. Just okay. wicked syrupy. It is. It's not bad. It's not fucking something that makes me turn it off this should have been written for fucking chicago 17 that's what i think of peter satara and chicago playing this song i could see that it's not a hard rock song it's just kind of but you know i think tom was the one that made this point earlier 
there's no like horribly written song on this album. There's nothing really well, I'll hold on. Wait a minute, I shouldn't say that. But no. <laughs> there's almost really no horribly written song. Songs that make you go like, this isn't TNT's 10,000 oh. lovers in one. Oh my god, we're gonna take shots at TNT oh, now. God. <laughs> this this isn't like just like like so cheesy bad written songs that you're like I can't believe I used to like this song and then you hear it now and you're embarrassed for how it's just <laughs> I don't know it, it's still it's still I just don't you know it's nothing great it's not a shit turn this off it's not it's just uh, don't know what you got until it's gone that song by Cinderella horrible I don't really like it it's horrible but if I hear it I'm not like, oh, turn that off. Oh, I like, am. That's what I, 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 nah, I mean, that this is what I think when I hear this song. It's it's in there. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. It does well, have sorry, a, it, I don't like this winger ballad. Well, sorry is hard for me to say I am sorry. <laughs> well, even though it's yeah, not on this song. E- that's, good, right? a, that's a good song. I like I'll that tell you, Chicago I, tune. I tell you what, even though it's not on this album, I think Without the Night is better than Miles Away. Oh, no, I don't. Okay. I love Miles Way even more. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm miles away from your opinions on the songs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go to well fucking go. Okay, our opinions on this song are going to be vastly different. I could tell you that right now. I don't understand why Dweezil Zappa is doing part of the guitar solo. You don't need him. You got Red Beach. Maybe they're going for name recognition. I don't know. Uh, I guess you could have got Martha Quinn to sing back the vocals then. I, whatever. There you go. But for me, this is the first Jimi Hendrix song I ever heard. This was the first time I ever heard Purple Haze. 
it made me go check out Jimi Hendrix. When I checked out Jimi Hendrix, I'm like, oh man, that guy needs a singer. But that's really <gasps> Oh boy. I love this version because it was my intro to Jimi Hendrix. Most people I know absolutely hate this version because they had heard Jimi Hendrix first and they thought that this was a, you know, not a, a good homage to the guy. Uh, for me, it being my first, uh, I actually really like it. Now, the heavy breathing thing, I don't know if I need that in the song. It does add a little sexy to the song because Jimmy's version's missing a little sexy to it. Uh, but I actually really like this version. Okay, when I first saw that this was on the track listing, I was like, oh, oh boy. Winger, Purple Haze, yikes. I love cover songs, and I try to go into them with an open mind. And I went into, I went into this album with a completely open mind. I'm like, we're going to get, we're going to do the review. Let's get ready for this. But I'm like, ah, this could be sketchy. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I like Jimi Hendrix. I'm a Jimi Hendrix fan. I, 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 I like, nothing's going to beat the original purple haze, but if you take it for what it is, they added, I like when, when, when a band covers a song and does something different, when they try to add something to it, there's a little bit of a groove. There's a little bit of dirtiness, a little bit of sexiness to it that like Sonny said, Jimi Hendrix has none of that. <laughs> um, look, am I going to try to convince somebody that you should listen to this instead of Jimi Hendrix? Or this? No, I'm not. It's it. But if you take it for what it is, it's a band covering a song. I like it. My probably my favorite part of the song is the is Zeus hinted at it earlier. There's a lot of outro solos where the songs kind of just roll out with like some noodling and some soloing. And I like that. And that's how this song ends. All of that being said, completely unnecessary for it to be on this album. You got a debut album with a lot of good songs. You're you're good songwriters. You're good musicians. Why would you put? whether or not you like them or not, one of the most iconic songs by one of the most iconic rock stars in the world. You kind of setting yourself up for a problem there. Uh, I don't know what the feedback was on this when it came out, if people even cared, but that being said, I give it a shot. It, it's, it's, it's listenable to me. Purple Haze written by Eric Clapton. So this album, okay, I'm going through it. I forgot they did this this song on it. By the way, I was kidding. It's Jimi Hendrix. I know. We, we weren't going to correct you. Yeah. I have why. Yep. I was just going to leave that there. It's yeah. like the only comment and just say why. But I can't because I got a big mouth. <sighs> what the fuck? First of all, I've, I've had Jimi Hendrix greatest hits, whatever, since I was in high school. There were times I liked it, but I never loved Jimi Hendrix. I like it. It's okay. I still go by music by songs. I don't go by, oh, wow, look at that bridge. Oh, look at that timestamp on that. Like, like fucking holy. It, it's music. So sometimes I can really like Pink Floyd. And other times I don't get the shit that they do because it's like artistic stupidity. It doesn't move me. It doesn't. There's certain stuff they do and certain stuff they don't. So the song's got to be good. This song, Purple Haze, it they might as like it's not that someone said we're doing a Jimi Hendrix tribute album. Will you contribute to this song? Okay, they decided to take Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze, not a Jimi Hendrix deep cut like they did on singles, 
soundtrack and put that on and say, we're doing this. They pick the biggest, they might as well say, uh, we're doing this. And then let's do um, either uh, back in black. No, no, no. Let's do a cover of stairway to heaven on this album. Why? You're never come close to it. It's like the fucking people that want to do the Godfather. Let's do a reboot of the Godfather. Let's do a reboot of the Wizard of Oz or Citizen Kate. You're not. There's no reason to do it. You only will own. You'll never get anybody to be like, that's, you know, this is it. This is what I want. You're only going to get shit for doing it. There's no point in this. I can only imagine at the time in the 80s, all those. Hey man, Freedom Rock. Remember those Freedom Rock commercials? Oh yeah. Those people hearing that a hair metal glam band in the fucking 80s were doing Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze. That must have fucking got them on a bridge ready to jump off. They must have been so pissed off to do that. And maybe that's one of the good reasons to put it on there. But, you know, and then you got Dweezil Zappa. That guy's name pops up on every other album I've ever heard. Has he ever done anything himself? But his father was Frank Zappa, so we got to put him on. And plus, he's a fellow Grecian with a name like Dweezel. So, the ah, the beginning. What is he, fucking Gene Simmons from Almost (laughs) Human? There was no need of that. Oh, let's make this sexy. Dude, you don't need to be fucking sexy doing, you're not doing Foxy Lady. You're purple haze. It's like a fucking kind of like a drug song. Ooh, purple haze. Like, oh my God. This is such a fucking wrong decision. I, but then again, Sonny likes it. So what, what can we say? It only makes me feel like I'm so right by saying what I'm saying. But that's okay. Any other comments? No, I agree. I mean, I, I take it for what it is, but it's, it is unnecessary. There's no need for it. And the guitarist plays great. So maybe I'm thinking they're like, we want to show. Like, if it was Eddie Van Halen, Van Halen won. Like, we want to show you, look, what our guy can do. Red's that good. He's good. He's not Jimi Hendrix great, but he's good. But this album wasn't a Red Beach, like, let's show you my guitar player over here can fucking. Because they never pumped him up as much as they should. Because he wasn't right. seen as that big of a guitar hero. Trying to be like, we're the next guitar band, and this is our guitar hero. That wasn't what they're doing. Musically, as a band, they played well together. They're all very proficient in their instruments. It's just, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Now, I'm not going to say that they did a terrible job, or he, he couldn't sing Jimmy's line. For Christ's sakes, almost Ace could probably see Jimi Hendrix's lines. Almost. But, you know, it, it, it's okay, but there's just no need for it. That's all I have to say. Anything else? Nope. Okay, let's call a state of emergency after hearing that album, that song.
It's in my head. Emergency. You got to do the Carlton dance with it. Hold on. It's still in my head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kip has said himself, if this album is released in 85, we double the sales. You know, and Tommy mentioned it. It's probably just a little too late. Where I hated that ah, ah, ah thing they did in Madeleine, I love it in the pre-chorus here. There's something about it that makes it a little more catchy. I like the riff. I like that it's mid-tempo. I like the mix of keyboards. I like the guitar solo. I love the DLR Vi thing they do at the end. Like, there is a lot to like about this song that is probably, you could label it as a deep cut because not many people know it. And if all you heard was the chorus, you would think it's just kind of this wimpy, cheesy 88 hair metal song. But if you get past the chorus, it's actually really good. Yeah, I agree with most of that. I think it's a great song. I like the intro. It's got like that little atmospheric intro with the keyboard effects, and then it kind of kicks in. Another great riff, another great groove. Um, but I, starting a song with Rough Boy. Coming from a guy named Kip. All right. You're not rough. Kip. You take a chance. Yeah, I mean, no. It, 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 it's got a great solo. I love the breakdown. And once again, it, the song ends with like another outro type of solo with the effects. And this was, this was, I probably could have said this about maybe a couple other songs, but this was the one song that really stood out for me. I think Winger has, this particular song has a lot of Night Ranger type of vibe to it for me. Very melodic, like it, it, like, cause Night Ranger kind of walks that line between hard rock and hair metal. They probably do it better than every, anybody else. Some people consider them hair metal. I really never have. They're more like melodic hard rock. I think when you get, like songs like this from Winger kind of give me that night rangery vibe, like pop hard rock. Um, I think it's a great song. I think what Sonny said, I think it, it's got everything. It's, it's got that other, you know, another cool chorus, the musicianship, the solo, uh, very cool song for me. How does that song go? Begin again. Rough boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, rough, rough boy, yeah, rough boy. Hi, my name's Kip. I'm a rough boy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Reb. I'm also a rough boy. For, forgiveness for anybody out there who's listened to this named Kip or <laughs> Kip actually listened. I'm wondering, like, this is one of those things. Do we want to tag Kip in this episode because we love the album, but we're kind of, you know, I don't know. Anyway, State of Emergency, written by Kip Winger. You got me laughing. And Paul Stanley slash Taylor. Another weird intro. Nothing is ever... Intros are always a little off. I I just put decent, well-crafted. The solo, of course, and the outro again, as usual. But it sounds like... And I made a point the same without the night, the same thing. It sounds like what kind of man would I be by Chicago? What kind oh, of man God. would I be? State of emergency. Oh. It's it's what kind of man? I, I I find which to me is a compliment because I love those Chicago type uh, mid tempo slow kind of ballads that they would do in the late eighties and stuff. I like it. I, okay. I like I said, it's a well crafted song. It's not very hard rockish, but it's catchy as 
fuck? And you can do the Carlton dance to the chorus. So that's true, too. That's a plus. Yeah. yeah. And now we forever have Tom's opening to this song. So thank you. Rough uh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I surrender. All right. So that guitar thing at the beginning, knowing our friend Tony, as long as I've known, these guys spent hours in their bedroom trying to figure out what Eddie was doing, how to make horse sounds out of their guitar, how to make elephant noises and whale noises. I, I guarantee you, Tone was locked in his room for three days trying to figure out what the hell Reb did in this beginning like three seconds. Yep. Right. Because it was the cool thing to do in the 80s hair metal song. I love it. I think it's great. I The dual vocal idea thing they do in the pre-chorus, Kip absolutely kills the vocal on this. That To me, this is the first song that I usually have people listen to when I say, you got to check out this band called Winger. This is usually the song I hand them because it's not too hair metal-y, if that's a word. It's not too soft, if that's a word. It's not really ballady, if that's a word. You know, it's... It's just good, hard rock, and it's done by four great musicians. And this is where, to me, it all kind of comes together. And it's it's interesting because you're talking about it's the seventh song on the CD because usually what happens is when you get a you know the one, two, three punch that we were talking about, you get a great ballad in there that two of us liked, one of us didn't like. Um, you kind of get later into the album and you're like, eh, what else are they going to do? And it's just going to sound like everything else they just did. And to me, this didn't. So I really enjoy this song. Yeah. I'd probably just say ditto to all that. Uh, great groove, great riff. I love how it gets a little heavy with the riff and then it goes into the solo and you listen to this. You're like, shit, this is like, this is winger. Like these, these, this is a heavy, like rocking hard rock song. Uh, just another well-crafted song. And you, you said it, you know, the seventh song on the album and you're still kind of hitting them out of the park for me, at least um, this is a go-to song for me on this album for sure. Time to surrender written by Kip Winger and Red Beach. 
I pick up night by night by docking on this song. Okay. That's where I I think this comes into, because I'm like, I know this song somewhere. I'm out the back door just by midnight. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hey, you. Yes. (laughs) What you trying to prove? (laughs) Um, And then I started thinking when I say night by night, I'm like, the sound. I'm like, that's why I like the guitar. He's very George Lynch-like. And yeah. this song, to me, really, like, this is the song that made me go, that's where it is. That's why I like the sound of this. That's why I like the tone. That's why I like his playing. Very George Lynch-like. And, um, you know, another good song. They're not throwaway, stupid lyric Glam, hair metal, whatever you want to call it Songs in the 80s that people put together I, Other than Purple Haze Which I think is a decision they made Everything And I'm, you know, spoiler alert Is a well thought out Kind of crafted song I don't believe they put anything on this album That's just a throwaway Or didn't put the effort in <clears throat> Except something But we'll get there but I, I'm impressed. I like this song a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, I think just real quick before we move on, I, I, it, it's amazing to me how Red Beach just does not get mentioned with some of those guys. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that he's those guys, but everybody knows the names in the 80s, in the late 80s, you know, early 90s, whatever. but very few people, like I'd never heard of Red Beach before we became friends with uh, Sonny and, and Steve and those guys, because they talk about, you know, Monsters of Rock and you talk about Winger and stuff. I knew these, I knew that this album and these songs, I never knew who he was. I just thought he was like, just, oh, I, who, I knew who he was. And okay. I remember hearing him and I yeah. thought he was a pretty good guitar player. What made him go from a, a pretty good guitar player to going, damn, this guy must really be legit, is he joined Whitesnake. Yes. And they don't put anybody in that fucking band. Right. You got to be fucking. One of the industry best to get that role. Yep. So when he got that, I knew there was something extra special that I wasn't alone in thinking his guitar play is pretty good. So, yep. all right, let's go to the next track. Himself has said he's a English '80s pop fan, right? So you know the the safety dance, you know shit like that, right? Yep. Kaja Goo Goo, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and 
he also said, you know, he was like, we're better musicians than Poison, but they got way more money than we do. Like, he's he's kind of real about that kind of stuff. There's no way CC can do the guitar solos that's getting done on this song. But this song is very warrant and Poison, and I just do not like the whole shy ya 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 hi ya 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 Like, I, it ruins some of the other songs to where... I just I I almost couldn't get through this song listening to it the other day because I like the bonus track that's on the CD so much better than this that this thing should have got bumped. Um, I I get it uh, that you know it's it's a well crafted song. I think Paul could have wrote these lyrics. I just think they're trying too hard to get on the chart with this, and then when it came down to it, they didn't release it as a single anyway, so it didn't matter. Yeah, Poison Angel, to me, a couple a couple things I thought of when I was listening to this, I'm like, the song is too sleazy and too bouncy for Winger. This, this song could have been great if somebody like Faster Pussycat or L.A. Guns or somebody like that did it. It's it's not, you, the song sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, you've been, you've been cruising through this album, you get to the eighth track, Poison Angel, and you're like, what, what is going on here? This The rest of this was, you know, riff-based songs, you know, chorus driven songs and you know, well-written like hard rock melodic then you get to this and it's just it's too peppy bouncy and a little sleazy with the lyrics and stuff it's not a it's not a, a it's not a badly written song i just think it's a badly done song by winger other bands could have maybe turned this into something but this is actually this is not the kind of stuff i want to hear from winger it's not bad it's just not what i want to hear from them i just don't think it suits their strengths I don't want to hear it at all. Uh, yeah. Poison Angel, written by Kip Winger and Red Beach. Every time I was given to give compliments to this album, I, I keep remembering, I'm like, oh, shit, there's Poison Angel on this album. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, there's no bad. Oh, yeah, wait, there's Poison Angel on this song. Yep. <laughs> you know, everything I really, wait, there's Poison Angel. This is the epitome of what you would call a filler track. Yep. It sticks out. There is no reason. Oh, let's just make it 10. I I can come up with this. I got this. Okay, let's call it this and just write like no effort into this. These are you said Paul could write this? Dude, are you insulting Paul? This 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 is Ace Fraley lyrics on this out this song. These well, he are, does say he does say New York groove in it. Yeah. <laughs> These are horrible lyrics. Immature Stupid lyric, stupid man, fucking wing of they fucking it's stupid, stupid. <laughs> Boston fans, stupid man. Um, it's horrible. The only thing I can say is, is a, the out again, good guitar solo. The outro is awesome, uh, but this is filler. It's it's just another bad song, and it just it's the cliche of all these hair metal glam bands. They put these albums out. They try to get the videos and try to get the simple songs and then throw out half the songs on the album are horrible. This one is horrible and it sticks out compared to what, you know, so far has been a pretty good album. Yep. So Poison Angel. Anyway, let's go to song number nine.
So hanging on, I just like uh, Zeus was mentioning before, that first three seconds of the song, like I absolutely love how it starts. Uh, again, just like one of the other songs we talked about, I love the guitar riff and the vocal melody in the verse. It's just, it's unique. It, it's, it just, it's off, but then when you listen to it and you kind of get used to it, it's like, oh, that's just a, just a little different. That's all it is. Great pre-chorus, great chorus. But what's weird about this song to me is there's no wow. And I think it has to do with, well, it's the eighth song on the album and you've already heard some wow. So by the time you get to this, you're like, oh, that's good. And when I was ranking my songs, I'm just like, where am I going to rank this thing? I'm like, eh. I was, I was kind of all over the place because I'm like, if it was earlier in the album, I probably would like it more because it would have been the first one that caught me on X. But it seems like almost a summary of the things that they've already done. So it didn't super wow me. It's, But it's a good song. Wow. I'll give you wow. Wow on that. I can't believe that. To me, this has the best riff and the best chord progression, whatever you want. I, I, if Def Leppard wrote this song, this would have been a mega hit. And I cannot believe this was this was not released as a single. The fact that this is the ninth track on the album blew me away because as I'm, as I'm going through the album, I'm enjoying myself. And all of a sudden this song comes out and it, I had the, I had the exact opposite experience. And maybe that's to me, you know, I don't know the album the way you do, but I was like, Holy shit, this riff, the, the bridge, the chorus, the, the solo, the whole, I'm like, this song is spectacular. And I think, and, and I get a, I get another night ranger feel from this too more of that melodic night rangery type of thing. And I, and again, I said to, I said, Def Leppard throw this, throws this on hysteria. It would have been huge. I think it would have been huge if winger released it. Um, just a, a really well-made song to me. It, it checks off all those boxes that I love for that eighties, uh, hair metal, whatever you want, uh, real standout for me. Oh, and by the way, I, I checked to see if there was a, to get anything on YouTube for this. He performed this in uh, 2019. There's a there's a YouTube performance of him doing this in 2019. Still sounds great. Still a, a year ago he played this live and it still sounds great. Um, hanging on, written by Kip Winger, Red Beach, and Bo Hill. The beginning is a little Bob O'Reilly sounding like, right? Yep. Whatever it was in the beginning. This is the Sun in Steel song. Of this album. Nice one. The song that, where the hell did this one come from? It's catchy as all fuck. The chorus is extremely catchy. The solo's awesome as usual. But that riff, that chorus, perfect. Hits it right on the head. It's, it just continues the theme. Like another good, catchy rock song can't complain again we talked about the different start in the beginning same theme throughout uh I, i'm a big fan of this song really like it nice so let's uh finish up the album
headed for a heartbreak. So here is where, you know, if you don't like ballads, I guess you could toss this out. If you don't like heavy keyboards, I guess you could kind of toss that out. But it's a, to me, it's a great keyboard guitar mix. It's great soulful lyrics. Kip sings it emotional, almost more angry and than hurt, if that makes sense. Like a lot of the times, uh, you know, some of my favorite singers, when they're singing some of these, um, you know, heartbreak type songs, they literally make you feel like they're about to jump off a bridge. He kind of makes it sound like he's ready to push her off the bridge kind of thing. It's, it's a, if that makes sense at all. In the video, he actually does own a shirt. It would be nice if he would actually button it. That would be nice. <laughs> um, the only complaint I have about this song, which is a major complaint, just cut it at 307. I don't need the three and a half minute outro. And I know you guys are going to probably love that shit because of all the grunt shit I hear from you guys. But I would rather just at 307 cut this song, be done with it. I get it, Reb, you're great. Show it some other way. It doesn't need to be at the end of the song. Yeah, there's a reason this song was a hit. Just Sonny hit it with the keyboards. I have that on my notes, too. The keyboards really work in this song. They complement everything that's going on. And I, I like Kip's vocals in this because each verse starts off with him softly singing. And then he kind of turns a corner and it turns into more of an aggressive. He gets aggressive with the vocals. you know. And then you have the chorus. And then it gets back into like that kind of soft vocals. And then he turns the corner again. Great solo. The song kind of slows down a little bit and then it picks back up. And Sonny, you are right. I love the intro. I have it written down here. I like that, how the song kind of just kind of floats away. Maybe it's a little bit too long, but I like how... It, the it, outro, the, you mean. I'm sorry, the outro. Thank you, Zeus. Yeah, the, out, yeah. the outro. I like how the song kind of, like it, it almost like, like I said, it like drifts away. It kind of plays out and kind of plays out and plays out. Again, maybe a little bit too long, but I like it. I mean, we've heard the song a billion times uh, since it came out, but there's a reason it, it was a hit. You know, we could talk about the video after, after you know, Zeus does his kind of summary there, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see what he says. All right. So heading for a heartbreak written by Kip Winger alone. It went to number eight on the mainstream rock charts. Or was that 18? I'm not sure. Eight. It's eight. eight. And then U.S. charts number 19. So... That's uh I think that would be the highest is that the highest uh charting song on this album? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh but top 20 song for them. Ramble on. Enough of these 80 fucking bands trying to harken back to language that was used by Led Zeppelin. Yep. Nobody I've ever heard of anybody ever say to me ramble. Yep. And him and Mark Slaughter try to bring it back. Nobody <laughs> says that. Everyone's trying to be Led Zeppelin. Ooh, ramble on. Shut the fuck up. Get that out of your vocabulary. Trying to be settle down, John Paul Jones. You settle know, down, Kip. <laughs> Rough boy. <laughs> the guitar is awesome. I like the outro. Um, the outro, the song is it's similar to those songs that you put on the fucking that list that you said earlier. It's not in there. It's not in the top three. It's in there with the fucking don't know what you got fucking uh, heaven and all the other songs that are just like, okay, I'll listen to it. I'm not a big fan. It's not very catchy to me. Um, it's a well-written song. The musicianship is, is really obvious. Uh, 
the lyrics are good. The video itself, his teeth are insane. <laughs> He's got that Matthew Fox stubble, permanent stubble. That you know, you look at it and you're like, dude, if I was if, if I was a chick, I would be like, that's the most handsome guy this side of Bon Jovi. Yep. Right? I would say Bon Jovi on the East Coast, them on the West Coast or something. I don't know. But, you know, the bass playing and the twirls and the bass is up there. And then all of a sudden he's on the keyboard. And then somebody else is on the keyboard. It's like, dude, what are you playing? There's too much moving around. I, I, I don't like that. And what's with the tint in the fucking purple again? What's I'm not seeing that shit? either, dude. Oh, you got to adjust you, the contrast. It's TV. It's, I'm not okay. seeing that either. You don't see the tint. You don't see the purple in that. In these no. Videos? Oh, my goodness. Take a look. And the chick in there, she's like hot. A, a Bobby Brown ripoff. Yes. Right. She's hot. Yeah. Why couldn't they have thrown her in the 17 video? So I read some of the comments on the on the YouTube clip. Some of these YouTube comments are always fucking classic. Oh, but boy. these ones were interesting. Someone put, check out the producer. Like, this is what a producer should basically do with albums like this. You can hear every instrument play. Yes. Versus what is produced nowadays. And, and someone also wrote... Compared to the music today, this is Beethoven. <laughs> okay. So uh, compliments to the band for that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's just kind of like uh, another forgettable 80s ballad. Nothing, nothing great. Okay. All right. Anything else? Or 617 <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? That's that. That's the thank you. Thing. Do you want, you want to do? You want to do rankings, or do you want to do? Well, let's take a quick. Let's take a quick thing to say. Okay. Look, by time this album came out, the only real form of album this was selling was was a CD. So the fact that right. higher and higher, like we want to keep this the the classic albums that we know when we buy them. So you know, for instance, I Ozzy, we could have thrown in. The bonus track there that's come with the album uh, on Blizzard of Oz, you looking at me, looking at you, things like that. So we're sticking to these 10. But for me, I almost think this is, it's it's not really fair because a CD bonus, that's really what anybody was buying was CDs. Higher and Higher is a pretty good song. It's not bad. So if you do have the CD version, look for this. It's better than having the, I believe iTunes does not have they, it. They don't have, I was surprised to see it. Cause I know when I was researching this and, you know, taking notes, I'm like, well, that was higher and higher. And then I look and it was a CD bonus track. Apple music doesn't offer it on the album. Did you hear yourself? You were taking notes on this winger album. Absolutely. Hey, we respect our product, whether it's winger or not. So I will tell you. When me and you were talking, we're like, let's get Sonny on board with us to do the bonus albums. Yeah. Hey, but Tommy, let's I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the future. There'll be a point in time where you're taking notes on a winger album. <laughs> I think well, right then you would be like, Yeah, we gotta start looking at somebody else. What is Tony? What kind of music does Tony like? From restrained. I don't know if Tony Tony probably wouldn't have been an upgrade either, but that's Oh okay. no. <laughs> ah yeah. <laughs> you would have had to dumb down. 
way down. <laughs> oh, poor Tony. What kind of bonus albums do you think we would have if Tony was on? Uh, let's see. Uh, Kane Roberts. Who? Um, <laughs> Katrina and the Waves? <laughs> no, no. He likes the same shit I like. Okay. Yeah. Crappy music. Okay. Yeah. His first pick probably would have been like Invasion. Okay. All right. That's Invasion nice. Yeah, we haven't done we haven't oh, done rat. Yeah. We haven't done rat yet. Yeah, yep. Tony from Restrained. So do we want to do rankings? We want to give overall thoughts of how do you want what do you want to do next? We could do why don't we just do overall quick thoughts and then we'll okay. go to the rankings. All right. Sonny, go ahead, buddy. Uh overall quick thoughts. Uh one of my favorite albums that's not a Desert Island album for me. Um why I not? go back to it. Why not? Because of Poison Angel. Uh-huh. Okay. Poison, Poison Angel is the one that bounces it out for me. So, you know, when we go to rankings, like my number one and two are solid, always been my number one and two, and my number 10 is solid. Everything else could change anytime because that's how good this song is to me. I have, there's not a whole lot of bands that I enjoyed live in the 80s, in the 90s, and today. And these guys have kept it up. They never had a bad breakup. They're still friends. You can still see them being friends. And I've met three out of the four guys, and they are the nicest guys ever. So they don't take themselves too seriously. I'm glad he didn't sue Metallica and blah, 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 and Beavis and Butthead and all that crap. Because honestly, it made those guys seem mean almost, like bullies, versus this guy just kind of taking it. And I don't think it made him sound any weaker. Winger is the talent of this band. Reb Beach plays an amazing guitar. Don't get me wrong. But reality is, this is really Winger. This is really Kip. And really? now that he's doing, oh yeah, Red now written, Red writes most of those most of those yeah. riffs and his guitar playing. So maybe I would say they're equal. But you no. really think it's wow? The guitar player is out of control. Don't get me wrong about that. And I think Reb's a great guitar player. But as you listen to Kip through his growth in the '90s and through what he's doing today, the talent and the songwriting and the melodies, etc., it is all Kip. There is no doubt. Like the guy's won Grammys for classical music. Like the guy knows what he's doing. And so, but he's smart enough to also know I can't play like Red Beach. So I need a guitar player that can be a lead guitar player like that. And that's good. So I've always enjoyed Winger. And this album is an album I go to often. So, in the spirit of the Thanksgiving season, I want to give a heartfelt thanks to Sonny for this. Because without this podcast, I would literally never have listened to this album. Not because I don't like Winger, just because to me, it's like, oh yeah, the guy who does 17. I legitimately love this album. Like this album is now in my rotation so much to the point that I have pre-ordered the emerald green vinyl that is coming out in January on this. That's your fault, Sonny. (laughs) I'm not um, getting a kickback on that vinyl, so whatever. No, th- th- this is an album that I found myself from from the very first listen. There was there was no growth period for me for this album. I didn't need to get into it, and that's that's one of the things I've said many times before about these bonus episodes. It happened with Peace of Mind. I knew the hits. I didn't know the whole album. It happened with Bon Jovi when Zeus picked the debut album. I love that album. Maybe not every song, but that was an album that without Zeus picking that, I would have never exposed my been exposed to it. That's a great album that I find myself listening to as well. And this album, Winger, I, I'm i upset that I have missed out on this for the past 30 years because this is right in my wheelhouse. And, I, and I'm guilty of 
contributing to the winger stigma, not giving them a chance because, oh, that's winger. Those are the, the Beavis and Butthead guys. Great album. And uh, just very happy to, to, to listen to this and, and go through it. Big, big fan of, of this music. For me, I had this album. I listened to the album in the past. I haven't picked it up since. Uh, I picked it up since we obviously started doing this. I was worried that I'm like, okay, nothing stands out really bad until one song. But I was worried that I'm like, I can't differentiate any of these songs. I'm listening through. But then I started picking it up. By now, now I know every single song. I will keep it in my rotation. It'll continue to play. I like it. I'm not as enthralled with it as Tommy is. But I like it. It's good. Can't complain. It's not. It's so far. We're still on a streak that nobody has picked anything. Then, like, what the fuck? This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. There's still time. No, wait till my pick next. This coming up. Oh, so yeah. And um, I'm glad you picked it. So let's get into the actual song rankings. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to go? Sonny, Tom, me, Sonny, me, sure. Tom. I don't care, but I think Sonny goes first because he it's his album. Okay. And then I'll go, I'll go next. We'll keep the rotation that we've had. So right. number, uh, yeah, we're, we're starting off with number 10. Yep. My number 10 is easy. Poison Angel. I think we're probably going to all have the same number 10, Poison Angel. I don't know about that. No, we're not. No. Oh, <laughs> no, he's going to have, I, yeah. I know what you're going to have. Yeah. I I I I don't get it. Purple Haze. I I don't get it. There's okay. no need for it. So that's my number 10. So number 9 to Sunny. My number 9 and like I said, 3 through 9 could change any time, but I really don't like what they do in the chorus. It's Madeline. Ooh. Wow. Holy f- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And this is coming from a guy that's been listening to the album for 30 years. So that's uh, right. That's okay. Uh, number nine for me is Purple Haze. I just don't want to hear it. it. It's not bad. I just don't want to. I'd rather, I would have rather have heard an original track. Like keep, keep higher and higher on here as an original, you know, make Purple Haze the bonus or something. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine for me is uh, Poison Angel. Yeah. Figured. Uh, my number eight is Purple Haze. Okay. Now, for me, this is how much I like this album. My number one was definite. But honestly, two through eight, or maybe three through eight, this is my eighth song, but I like it a lot. And that is Without the Night. My number eight is Without the Night. Guys are wrong. Summon the bitches. (laughs) Um, You get it? That's a Maroney. Summon a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I I Um, get it. You know, some right. people have the knack of being able to like be funny and have a joke. <laughs> oh, that's fucked yeah. up. That's some people have to explain the joke. Hey, did you hear that funny thing I just said? <laughs> hey, Tone, did you hear what I said? I said this and this and that. What that's a, a funny soprano. guy. That's a Sopranos reference. There you go. Number seven. My number Sunday. seven is Hungry. Oh, my. You're already annoying me. <laughs> number seven for me is Headed for a Heartbreak. Nice pick, Tommy. That's my number seven. My number six is headed for a heartbreak. My number surprise. My number six is 17. What the fuck? 
Oh yeah, it's not it's not that it's it's not that good of a song compared to the rest what of this album. The fuck. Nope. Oh my god. Nope. Oh my god. Uh number six is the Carlton song State of Emergency. Oof. <laughs> uh my number five is hanging on. Oh. See. Uh, all right. Number five is State of Emergency. Number five for me, Time to Surrender. Wow. Okay. My number four is 17. My number four are fucked up. That song is not that good compared to the rest of this album. Come on, man. Number four, Time to Surrender for me. I think it's time to surrender this fucking part of the the episode. Hanging on, number four. God. Okay. My number three is State of Emergency. Emergency. Number three for me is Hungry. Although after I saw the video, I almost dropped it in the rankings. <laughs> you don't want to go on a car ride with us, Tom? Oh, um, number three for me as well, Hungry. Nice. Hungry. All right. My number two should have been the biggest ballad of the 80s, possibly, without the night. Wow, number two. Good song, but number two, yikes. Yeah. Uh, my number two, I agree with Sonny. I'm not a huge fan of the chorus, but the riff, the, the, the rest of the song just carries it for me. And number two for me is Madeline. Easily for me, number two, Madeline. And number one for me is Time to Surrender. I absolutely love that song. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fight you on that. Number one for me, which was easily number one. It wasn't even a question for me, and that's hanging on. I just love everything about that song. I think it's perfect. Uh, no, the perfect song on this album, and the reason why they, everyone knows this album, and the reason why they actually got their career moving, and the reason why this is number one is because it's just the best song on the album. As inappropriate as it is, 17 is the best song on this album. No and way. their most popular song on Spotify. So our collective. Thank you. Our collective number three was 17 and tied for number one was time to surrender and hanging on. That was wow. our collective. All right. I won't argue. I won't argue Wait, with any so of that. 17 and then time to surrender and hanging on and hanging, hanging on. on was tied. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Now, Sonny, you see them all the time of those three songs. What do they play? They do 17 constantly. I don't, I don't know if they ever do hanging on. It was funny. The video that I saw on YouTube of them playing it back in uh, November, 2019. Yeah. So maybe they do. do he it. was, it was funny because he had his phone in front of him. It was almost like karaoke because he, he hadn't played the song in like yeah. so long okay. that he needed like the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. But once they, once they went into it, I mean, just for a, for a 30 year old song and a band that's not spring chickens, it sounded, yeah. sounded terrific. Really yeah. sounded good. Yeah. What I like is that all three, the top three songs are the top three songs, and we each pick them separately as number one. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I would also say that uh, not many, I would say this is true for, but Kip is possible. I don't know this for sure. Just because he was using his phone may not mean he was using it for lyrics. He could have been using it for music. Okay, because it looked yeah. like he was looking down, and like yeah, he, yeah. He, made, he made it. Check it out. It looks like he. It, I think he made a comment about the lyrics, and he was like yeah. looking down. But I don't know. 
Yeah, but he was there with his band. I don't know. I don't yeah, know exactly yeah. who. I don't know exactly who the band was, but they all sounded great. Band is the uh, same guys except for uh, they had John Roth, Roth with them. Uh, okay, they, so they had a replacement guitar player when Reb was gone for a little while, but they've all been friends. So yep. it's now the five of them instead of the four. They were kind of like what Maiden's doing, going out there with six instead of five, right? Yeah, yep. kind of the same thing. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, they, they still Kip still does solo stuff acoustic every once in a while, and then they do. Uh, full stuff too, but you know, Kip knows uh, Reb's making more money in Whitesnake than he's gonna make a winger. I mean, that's just how it is. That's funny. On our most recent Kiss episode, we talked about the Hot in the Shade tour and how Winger yeah. opened up, and I was so pissed how I didn't get them when I saw them. I got Slaughter, which was great, but then I got fucking Little Caesar, who I've never even Ugh. heard of. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, and I was like, oh, I'm like it would have been great to have Winger on that bill for me. But. Didn't they do? I think they did a ver- they did a cover version of Chain of Fools. Yeah, it's Didn't horrible. It is. Yeah. It is horrible. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Have you ever heard that? Chain. Yeah, they you do think it. you think Winger doing Purple Haze is a bad move? <laughs> Chain of Fools is terrible, anyways. Let's have a shitty band do it. Horrible. All right. Oh, all right. And so now we go to the part where we rank the album in album covers. Let's start by ranking the album covers uh, compared to the previous 10 albums we've done. Tom, these, well, first, these are the albums we reviewed. Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, and now Winger. Tom, your rankings for uh, album covers. You have Blizzard of Oz, Peace of Mind, Appetite for Destruction, Pyromania, Slide It In, Jar of Flies, Super Unknown, Bon Jovi, Load, OU812. Where does this rank? Well, this is not a good album cover. <laughs> let's, just, let's just be honest. But I'm sorry. I... I don't know what it's going to take to get OU812 out of the cellar. <laughs> and and I'm not referring to the rat album out of the cellar. That album cover is just embarrassingly, it's just bad. And load is blood and semen. So I'm really, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with winger. I think I'm going to put winger behind Bon Jovi and above load just because it's kind of, it's eighties. It's kind of artsy and weird. And it's, it, it doesn't hurt to look at, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> It hurts. So I'm I'm going to put it ninth for me behind Bon Jovi. Okay, Sonny. I oh let me let me read your rankings. Peace of mind, slide it in. Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, OU812, Load. So, yeah, I can't I can't rank it below Seaman, the four not so handsome (laughs) men the weird jar that's got flies in it or whatever's on fire and super unknown. So I think I'm going to put it right behind Bon Jovi in front of super unknown. So it so will rank seven. one through seven. Wow. Okay. Number seven. So for me, I have ranked blizzard of Oz appetite for destruction, uh, peace of mind. And for some reason I spelled appetite as appetite. Uh, <laughs> peace of mind. It's not bad. Slide it in. Pyromania, Jar of Flies, Super Unknown, OU812, Bon Jovi, Load. I am going to put Winger right underneath Bon Jovi and above Load. 
I can't see his load ever losing <laughs> that last spot. It's yep. just horrible. Yeah, um, so that's number 10 for me. All right. So now let's go to album rankings. Yeah. Tom, you rank your orders ranking song uh, albums. Pyromania, Jarflies, Appetite for Destruction, Lizard of Oz, Super Unknown, Load, Slide It In, OU812, Bon Jovi, Peace of Mind. Where does Winger go? Winger. Great album. I do love it. Uh, but we're talking about some of the all-time greats here. Um, this was kind of tough for me, but I, I got to go with what, what I'm really thinking here. And I'm going to put it right behind Slide It In and above OU812. It's going to go number eight for me. Yep. That's how much I like it. Yep. Uh, Sonny. Yours for is slot. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Slide it in. Appetite for destruction. <laughs> Pyromania. Peace of mind. Bon Jovi. OU812. Blizzard of Oz. Super unknown. Jar flies. Load. So for me, slide it in. Appetite or desert island. So that's going to be hard to beat. And since there's no songs about dinosaurs, we're going to go ahead and put this number four right before peace of mind. Ooh. All right. Nice. So you tell me Pyromania is not a desert album for you? No, it's not. What Uh-oh. keeps it out of that? Eh, just there's a couple of songs on Pyromania I don't listen to that well, and they're just meh for me. Oh boy! Wow. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> but doesn't like if a song is like your favorite song, make that like if you like everything on it, but it's not a great one. Some songs aren't great to you. But it also has like one or two like your favorite songs. Wouldn't that make it a desert island for you? No, desert island for me is every song. Every song, I don't skip it, and I look forward to hearing it. And that's what lands desert island for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, mine was Blizzard of Oz, Pyromania, Appetite, Jar of Flies, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide It In, Peace of Mind, Load, OU812. My where I put Winger. And I like the album. It's number eleven for me. Oh, <gasps> last, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that that is shocking. I like I the did, album. I, I like did, it. I did not I, see that coming. I happen to love a lot of these uh, albums. I mean, what am I going to say? Wow. I mean, okay. No, hey, that's not better than OU eight one two. That's why I, I would rather hear OU eight one two than Winger's album. That was the difficulty that I had. I like OU812, but there's there's some stuff from where there's a lot of meh on OU812. And there's I, to, honestly, I never thought I would say this. There's not a lot of that on the Winger album. I, I like that whole album. And oh, I know two tracks that are horrendous on there. Yeah. And I know Zeus loves the Bon Jovi album, but there's there's an example for me is to me, there's not a single song on the Bon Jovi album that's better than either Time Time to Surrender or Without the Night. Okay. Every song on Bon Jovi is better than those no. two songs for me. I would say this. I'm not sure if any song on Bon Jovi is better than 17 for me. Yeah. I think Bon Jovi is just plain, straight, good rock. Every song on there I like, really like. There's no song that I'm like skipping over Bon Jovi. I could have said that about Winger. 
if you made it like seven songs, seven, seven songs. Okay. You know, that's the difference. There yep. are a couple other songs. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to hear this. Okay. Um, and, you know, it. but again, what are we comparing this to? That's Pick any album, 11 albums, the first 11 albums that BC would fucking put up. <laughs> I, I bet you Winger's better than all of them. Oh, or maybe geez. half of what Steve brings up. I would say Winger's better than all of them. This is what we're picking. And of these albums, that's where it is. And I like this album. So Yeah, no, I know it's tough. So anyway, let's um let's hop on skip and jump on over to the You Make Me Rock Hard segment. Sonny, what makes you rock hard right now? All right. So this is completely Righty's fault. Oh, boy. So he recommended. Remember, he recommended Yellowstone. Yeah. I heard that's great. Oh, my God, dude. I binged it in a week. Three seasons, 29 episodes, all an hour long. It took me exactly a week to get through it all. It is amazing. It's set in Montana. It's got Kevin Costner, Wes Bentley, Kelly Riley, who's kind of man looking to me, uh, but she plays plays like these. <laughs> she plays like man looking. Okay. She plays this like mean and feisty character. Luke Grimes, Cole Hauser plays a great part. Kelsey Abso, oh my gosh, she is hot as hell. Um, but the show's about Kevin Costner. Women characters you've mentioned. Are all comments were about looks. Yeah, you notice that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm a man's man. What do you want? Um, sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Costner's family owns this cattle ranch, and it's unbelievably huge. Then there's a, and it's set in Montana. Then there's an Indian reservation nearby that, of course, it's all about. They stole our land to begin with. That was our land. And it's generations of stealing our land. Then you've got, because he owns so much land, that you got land developers, because it's, you know, 2019 when this is set, that they want to, you know, build stuff and build an airport and build. So there's, you know, they've got almost their own martial law kind of uh, weirdness to it. It's very, very good. And it, this is not, and it's on Paramount Network. So the language is okay. It's not super like soft porn kind of stuff that sometimes you find on stars or HBO or whatever. It's re- but it, you know, it's not exactly Seinfeld good wholesome shit either. It's somewhere in the middle. And I would say teenager would enjoy it too, but Costner does a great job and it's a really good show. It's hard to get me hooked to where I got to watch all episodes and can't watch anything else until I finish it. And uh so yeah. Uh, it's awesome and there's a fourth season coming i can't wait awesome nice cool all right so for me so i know two people who are crazy star wars geeks one of them is my son who thank god he's a total star wars geek and the other person is zeus i know he's a huge star wars fan like me and it's sometimes kiss fans and star wars fans go hand in hand if you're a star wars fan out there you know 
that you should be watching The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. If you're not a Star Wars geek, you can still watch the show and enjoy it for what it is. If you are a Star Wars geek and are an insider and you've seen all the movies a million times and you know the ins and outs and you know the names of the planets and the names of some of the secondary characters, it adds to the enjoyment of the show. And my favorite thing about this show is that unlike other shows that are on the streaming networks, it comes out on Friday, like old school TV. They don't drop the whole season at once so you can binge it. They drop the episode on Friday. So then it gives all the Star Wars geeks a week to dissect and analyze it on Reddit and Twitter and social media. My son and I can talk about it and riff about it. It's great. Again, if you're not a Star Wars fan, you will still enjoy it. If you are, you have to watch it. The guy who plays the main character is amazing. Everybody knows about Baby Yoda, also known as the child in the show. You've seen that little character. The soundtrack is fantastic. The writing, the acting, each episode is about 40 minutes or so. Can't get enough of it. I just, I I love it. I love it. And anything Star Wars, the only, I think Zeus may have said it, the only people more critical than Kiss fans are probably Star Wars fans. Wrestling fans. Wrestling too, yes. But um, The Mandalorian, can't recommend enough. Love it. Zeus, what do you got, buddy? Sonny, tell us about your Star Wars fandom. Uh, Meh. See what yeah. I mean? You don't get into it? No. I I watched, I think, half of one Star Wars movie. I watched <laughs> one episode of Star Trek. I don't understand it. Star now, Trek, don't even talk about Star Trek. I watched a lot I of like Buck Star Rogers, but that no, 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 was Same a certain thing, no. actress <laughs> and what she was wearing. Oh, boy. <laughs> but besides that, I just am not much of a sci-fi guy. I've never seen E.T., I've never like I just don't get into those kind of movies at all. Okay, I gotcha. Not everybody likes the sci-fi shit, but Mandalorian is amazing. Yeah. So, what are they up to right now? Uh, episode three just dropped on Friday. Season two, episode three was on Friday. Wow. Yep. So, what do you, what do you got, Zeus? Yeah. So I, as usual, always switch back and forth a million times. Uh, I mean, I could have put in the election, but I kind of talked about it in the last episode. <laughs> I would say that I really got into it. I know everyone from like the John Kings and Steve Kornacki from Groton, Massachusetts. That's right. uh, Doing the charts and stuff, but I got to go to music. So what I did not too long ago, um, one of my favorite artists in country music is uh, Kelly Willis. And I got into her when she was in in the nineties, when I was at Stonehill, I bought her, uh, it wasn't the debut album, but it was a self-titled album called Kelly Willis. I listened to it constantly. She is what you would kind of call like alt country and not really into the Nashville stuff. Very like Dwight Yoakam, kind of out there on her own, singer-songwriter. There's nothing that entertains me more than somebody can just come out with a guitar and just writes her own music and can sing her own music and knows and can just entertain me alone when when the you know their instruments didn't come uh, didn't come on the tour and they someone just gives them an acoustic guitar and they can get up there and perform for me there's something about it well kelly willis's career is still going strong she ended up marrying a guy named bruce robson who is an other country musician but he does he's a more he's got he's got a few albums out as well but he's a big songwriter he's got a bunch of number one hits You've probably may have heard him if you know some country music, rapped, uh, angry all the time. 
he's another one of those guys that his songs get bigger hits when other people, big stars sing them, but he performs them himself. And uh, I got to see Kelly Willis the last, not this summer because of the COVID, but the previous two summers she came to Cambridge. It was, I forget the bar's name, Tom, uh, but it was in Cambridge. It was like 20 bucks. I went like from, <laughs> from me to this, to this camera right here. I was that close. Filmed it all. She told stories, played with her little three, four piece band. Band was fucking awesome. Her voice is that of an angel. I, I, I can't explain it. I, I find her music so, so like uh, moving. Her, her, um, and she's generally a nice person. I interact with her on social media sometimes, and I got to take my photo with her and, and talk with her and her husband the second time. He came the second time, but the first time I saw him two summers ago, it was just her. And I actually, I think Kara went with me, I think, at the time. And mm-hmm. um, love their music. Uh, you could probably find them online. Some of the stuff I would say, you, if you want to listen, the debut, uh, not the debut, but the self-titled album in 1993 so go go figure, Tommy. Right in our heyday, yep. In '93, uh, there's a bunch of great songs off of that. Uh, one I would just tell you it would be uh, "Get Real." I'm reading all some of the songs you guys might want to look out. One more night, and then she's got a couple other ones. I would look for songs by her, especially one of my favorite country songs of all time, "Sweet Sundown." Beautiful, beautiful. That sweet little one. Don't Step Away. And then she did a couple albums, actually, with her husband. And those are fucking fantastic. They just did one last year, Beautiful Lie. Our year came out not too long ago. Got a great song called Motor City Man. Another beautiful, just fucking, it's it's like, it's like an MTV Unplug. And someone doing great versions of songs. But this is them doing it. And it's. It's just uh, my favorite country musician, probably as a female artist, and she's still playing. The other day, she did something live on Facebook, and I think I forwarded to a couple of you guys. I'm sure none of you guys actually listened to it. But... I've seen it before. I've watched yeah. it, and so um, she does do a lot of live stuff, which gets me again to our buddy Jericho just did something live. Metallica still doing something live. Bruce Kulick finds a way to do things live during this pandemic, except for our number one band. They can't figure it out. Well, Kelly does it with her husband. Sometimes it was like them two on a couch, literally filming for half an hour of them and telling people, hey, what do you want us to play? And they would harmonize and play. Band fucking talent. Fantastic. Listen, cool. to find, if you like country music, it's a little alt country, little writes her own stuff. Talented as hell. Kelly Willis. Give her a listen and tell me what you think. Uh, if you like country, if you don't like country, you're not going to like it probably, but cool. That's what I have to say. So Sonny, where can we find you? Uh, growing up rock.com is probably the easiest way. I'm also on podcast rock city. Uh, you know, just having fun doing podcasts. I like talking music and I don't have a lot of friends that I can talk music with. So it's always a good time. Nice. Tom. Yeah, so shout it out loudcast. If this is the first time you're finding us, we're an all kiss podcast. And we release kiss centric episodes every Saturday. Uh, we do these non kiss bonus episodes once a month. Um, we can be found on all the social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. 
Uh, podcast can be heard everywhere, all the major platforms, part of the great Pantheon podcast network. You can always reach out to us on those social media platforms or our email, which is shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Love to interact with you guys. Tell us what you think of the bonus episodes, uh, about the KISS episode. Jump on board if you're a KISS fan, and uh, if you're discovering us through these bonus episodes, check out our main project, which is the Shout It Out Loudcast. Guys, the other big thing is our last episode was an album review review. This is back to our albums. The best thing that we like about the bonus episode is the feedback. Yep. You guys usually send us great emails or direct messages or comment on the episode. So when we put this up, either on Facebook, Twitter, on our shout out loudcasters page, Instagram, please send us direct message. Send us messages on uh, the pages, comment, retweet. All that stuff makes this stuff even so much more fun than it really is. We love looking at the comments, love reading them online. And again, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. We take pride in the fact that the bonus episodes really get more, um, you know, interactive emails on episodes. And I'd love to see more of those come from this uh, winger episode as well. Again, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And then finally, uh, as well, please give us one of those five-star child reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, podchaser.com. That obviously helps us, and we greatly appreciate that. So in the end, we usually end with famous last words. And uh, Sonny, do you have any for us? Yes. Such a bad girl loves to work me overtime. Feels good. Dancing close to the borderline. She's a magic mountain. She's a leather glove. Ooh, she's my soul. It must be love. Oh, boy. I don't know what she's doing with that leather glove, and I don't want to know. Best song on the album. (laughs) Tom. Watch the sun go down. It's just my luck again. I can hear the sound of your voice haunting me again. (laughs) I was going to just have my famous last words be rough boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should have just left that. All right, here we go. I still remember what you said. The part of me about me dropping dead. You sent a letter. I read it twice. I found out you weren't so nice. Dude, if that isn't fucking Ace Fraley lyrics. That's like, come on, get your feet wet. Like, that's just bad. I was feeling kind of glad. Now I'm feeling kind of sad. Oh, my God. It just reminded me. Exactly. Yeah, yes, you wrote me a letter. It wasn't so very nice. Dude, that is fucking horrible. And it just doesn't fit that album. But anyway, we're at the end of the episode. We said it all. Let's finish up. Sonny, thank you very much. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Yeah, great time. Thanks for having me, guys.
Sonny, thank you once again for picking this album. Uh, glad to finally get familiar with it. Uh, enjoying it a lot. Always a great time. Zeus, thank you. Kiss Army and uh, shout out Loudcast fans. Thank you guys so much. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.